The following podcast gimmick has been paid for by Look at the Adjective. Love's got the world in motion. Hello and welcome to Look at the Adjective. We are here to podcast. We've been ordered to by the courts. I am the big man, John Mack, and I am joined, as always, by a man who loves the strut. A man who squashed T-Rex arms Ron Studd in two minutes flat because he's got the giant at the pay-per-view. <laughs> Ain't he great? Don't piss him off. Slap nuts, Mark Crowver. How are you doing, mate? <laughs> I'm not sure I can agree with that being, uh, being compared to Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> well, you, you, see, you seem to love Jeff Jarrett, so... I just thought I'd, I'd throw some <laughs> classic Jarrett and, and ones that we've not seen. Slap nuts. Now piss me off. <laughs> I'm good, mate, though. How are you doing? Have you had a day off today, buddy, Chad? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what gave it away. I'm, I'm all right, mate. Um, I was I was wondering, bit of, bit of chatter, how are, you, how are you feeling looking forward to a, a morally corrupt World Cup coming up? No, very minimal excitement for it, mate. To be honest, yeah, me too. It's because I'm, I'm, I'm flat as fuck for it. I'm out of my comfort zone because it's usually at the end of the season, and now I'm like, we got a bit of momentum, and then it's just gonna piss all over. Yeah, it's us. like the thing is with the World Cup and the like, the Euros or whatever. When they come around, like you, you haven't had football for like a month, two like near enough two yeah. months. Now it's like cutting short the football that I love the most. I don't really give a fuck about it. <laughs> yeah, but like, you're gonna you're gonna lack in quality at a World Cup. I mean, it's it's fact, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? And and it's just in one of the most vile countries you could ever think of, isn't it? Let's be honest. <laughs> I know. The sad thing is, if we were doing a football podcast, there'd be two of our favourites as cretins of the week this week, old Beckham and Neville. Yeah. However, sadly, we do a wrestling podcast. <laughs> so we're going to go down that alley, we're going to go down that road, we're going to go to Crettingville on the Cretton of the Week. Have you got one for me, Mark? Yeah, Cretton of the Week, first one, Cristiano Ronaldo and Piers Morgan. <laughs> Ain't that the fucking truth? No, I'm joking. But uh, they are absolute Cretons of the highest order, but that's that's a story for another day, that. <laughs> first one for me, it's quite possibly one of the funniest video clips I've ever seen in my life. Old Sammy Guevara, famous for his backstage incidents in the AWs. He's been uh, venturing to the Middle East this week, I think. I think it was in Dubai. Am I right in thinking? I can't remember, to be honest. I know where it was. He was at some kind of exhibition boxing event, and he was doing ringside interviews. No idea why or what they were thinking getting him to do it. <laughs> but he's grabbed a mic at ringside. <laughs> he's with these two nondescript guys as well. And he just goes, Hey, do I? Uh, do you guys want to see me box? Crickets. Nope. <laughs> Absolute nope. crickets. And then the, the guy who's with him starts, you can visibly see him sort of cracking up going, oh dear. <laughs> and then to try and, resort to, get, try and resort to get any reaction, he just goes, hey, you pieces of shit or something. Oh, I know you're all the pieces of shit, but are you sure you don't want to see me box? Again, minimal reaction. Embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing. No yeah, one knows who the game is. He had to, get, he had to get in there. He had to get in there because old Robert Salmon was on the card, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, I think I think I think Robert Salmon won, so that's not as credulous as well Sammy did. So uh, no, no, he did win. To be fair, but he was throw, he was throwing shitty haymakers like JBL <laughs> in the in the brawl for all like I just proper thought... <laughs> it's a an hope kind of thing. 
I just thought that was a funny one. I mean, if you haven't seen the clip, anyone listening, just try to search it. It's hilarious. It really is. It's only about 30 seconds, but it's worth, well worth a watch. Proper cringe, like, probably like office cringe fest. <laughs> <laughs> you showed it me this morning and I was howling because it's just fucking moronic, mate. You go, you go to the other side of the world and you expect that you're a household name. You're not. You're on AEW, for fuck's sake. <laughs> not even a big guy on it. Do you know what I mean? Not even a big star on it or anything like that. It's not like Lesnar's rocked up and said, do you want to see me box? And everyone's going, fucking yes, we do. Yeah. <laughs> Some little skinny little run from AW. Like, no one's interested, mate. So that was my first one. Just a bit of a funny one. Um, have you got one for us? Oh, he didn't know? <laughs> well, your ass better call somebody. My cretin is the penis that is the road dog Jesse James. To go on your logic, you can't be knocking my boy. You can't. <laughs> no. You can't be doing it. No. But not only is he knocking my favourite wrestler, Bret Hart, what he's saying is fucking stupid and utter bollocks. Yeah. I'll give you the quote. I mean, I never saw what the big deal was with Bret Hart as a performer. Now, that's just one statement. It gets worse. (laughs) That's fucking stupid. What? Yeah. Have you never watched Bret Hart? Talking out of his ass. (laughs) He goes on to say he was a great worker and I thought about saying good. So he's basically saying he's on the cusp of being great, but, you know, what a dick. <laughs> and he said, to be fair, he goes on saying he worked better than me tenfold. I think 90% of the roster did. <laughs> Don't ever think that I've told anybody I was a good wrestler because I haven't. And you've listened to my podcast, I've not. You know that's true. I don't think I was a good wrestler. I don't think Bret Hart was a great wrestler. Bret Hart's one of the the greatest wrestlers like it's just technically a, it's a quote full of absolute mis like contradictions isn't it like he, one minute he's saying he's a great performer now he's not a great do you know what I mean? like what's he going on about <laughs> talking out of his ring and then he goes i think i was a better sports entertainer than brett and i think that's where the money is right for a kickoff sports entertainment isn't really real it's like a vince mcmahon construct like a fucking medical facility and uh, <laughs> do you know what i mean all this shit yeah. that he uses it's just a Genuinely, to get it was to get sponsors because he he thought wrestling was low brow, yeah. and then he says that's where the money is because yeah, because you drew fucking tons, didn't you? Fuck me. I was gonna say, it's not like he's fucking. It's not like he. Do you know what I mean? It's not like he's like Triple H or like The Rock or anything like that who made money. Do you know what I mean? Like he, what did he do? Just did a fucking suck it fucking catchphrase for twenty years. That's literally all he did. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you had an entrance. You literally. Had an entrance. That's all you were. That's that the only it. reason you were over. I, I, I um, beg anyone. I beg anyone to to recall a, a road dog match. Do you know what I mean? Okay. <laughs> I can't think of any good road dog matches, but I could probably think of five, six heart matches off the top of my head in in thirty Gosh, seconds. Can. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. And and at the end of the day, legacy wise, <laughs> we watched. Well, we didn't watch, but we heard it. Uh, well, I, I I did watch a bit of it. I watched the DX reunion that we mentioned the other week. That shit has aged poorly in 25 years. Brad can watch Bret Hart, and that still holds up to this day and will hold up until, you know, there's no such thing as wrestling anymore. Yeah. Because Timeless. people are still influenced him by him today. You might have been a better talker than him, but what you've said was shite anyway. You just nah. had a bit of a better I delivery. Even, I, I don't even think he's a better talker. I just think he's just had catchphrase. More entertaining delivery then, if you want if if you want of a better word, because Brett took his shit seriously. Maybe, yeah. Right? yeah, of course he did, yeah. But I'll leave you on, on this because I think this is this is the most moronic thing I've heard in a long, 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 long time. 
I'll just give you a little snippet, a quote from the road dog, Jesse James, one of his provos. And he says, you're off your noodle, says the D-O-double-G, the poodle. <laughs> Great sports entertainer. Absolute top tier. What a cunt. <laughs> yeah, he's an absolute moron for that. He really is. <laughs> I knew I knew as soon as he as, as those quotes were coming out that you know you were gonna have to have something to say about it because it's just I was I was all over it mate yeah you can't, you can't be slandering one of the greatest of all time in the ring just no, saying just to say he wasn't sure if he's a great wrestler or not that is just slander absolute slander of the highest order he's highly regarded it's... as one of the greatest yeah, it's just complete bollocks and he needs to be uh, told it's complete bollocks and I think anyone with half a brain's told him have yeah. you got another one? Yeah, I mean it's it, it's it's probably open for discussion this one because there's there's a bit there's a few facets to it I would say. A man that um, you're quite fond of musically, or maybe more so back in the day. I was uh, fond of him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Corgan, who has obviously branched into the wrestling business over the last you know ten years or whatever, he's been getting a bit of flack on Twitter, and we'll go in. There's, there was there's some other pieces to add to it as well. But um, basically this week um, it was announced that Nicky Aldis was uh, departing the NWA, which is an absolute travesty for them, to be really honest. For, for uh, them it is. I mean, it could open a shitload of doors for old Nicky Aldis. Could do, yeah, because that guy is, as we've put on our Twitter feed, he is absolute solid gold. The quintessential modern-day, well, quintessential pro wrestler, really, isn't he? He's got everything, he's got all the tools. Looks he, like he, a star, acts like a star, looks like a champ. Yeah. You know, fucking genius. Exactly. Yeah, like you say, he just he just lives and breathes world champion, doesn't he? He just looks like one. And they've let him go, and he's basically been the cornerstone of that company for five years. Pretty much yeah, built pretty, it from much, yeah. built it from a, a piece of shit promotion, really, wasn't it? Let's be honest. It was to just a name, stuck. wasn't it? Yeah. It was the name that harked back to a time in the past and yeah. and it was it was nothing really. Yeah. But Nick Nick Aldis had some stuff to say about Billy Corgan, saying that um, some of the stuff backstage a bit dodgy. Apparently, he's come out and said that women can't main event any of his shows and stuff like this, and he doesn't he doesn't put much stock into women's wrestling, which is quite funny. When you, I'll get to another point in a minute. So I just think in, in to to have one of the, the top sort of top guys in my opinion that's maybe not everyone else's opinion in your in the in your grasp as you as your top guy and you've let him walk yeah. out the door to, to potentially have a really good career elsewhere that's just stupidity and it looked like he was quite loyal to the promotion as well he looked like he, he didn't really yeah. want to go from what i've heard um but it was just too much backstage you know tension and stuff like that and to say stuff like that about women's wrestling it's very old school it's very almost Vince McMahon-esque and I just think it was just a little bit dodgy and then <laughs> he made it worse by his pay-per-view booking um, formerly known as Brodus Clay to be Jesus. the NWA World Heavyweight Champion so a belt that's been held by let me think uh, well Nick Aldis for starters even you know Dusty Rhodes you know Ric Flair Luthers, Harley Luthers, Race. Harley Race, yeah. You know, the, some of the greatest of all time. And the world champion for them now is Tyrus. <laughs> it's just, it is honestly baffling. I just can't get my head around it. A guy that was generally a comedy act in, in WWF 
And it's not yeah. like he's got he's got really good or anything, is it? Do you know what I mean? I've seen him work no. in the last five or six years, and he is fucking horseshit on another level. <laughs> and there was there was there was a viral clip that was going around of him, and it was like, oh, um, NWA can't have women main event the main event, and it's a clip of <laughs> Tyrus Rhodes well, playing this shit. <laughs> yeah, going on the uh, going off the top rope. Generally, looked like he he'd fallen flat on his face. Looked like a piece of shit. I just think it's just. It's just moronic, and that could be the final nail in that very short-lived run of NWA, I would say. And you know what? If it is fucking own fault. Yep, exactly. What do you think? That clip of Tyrus was even worse than Mongo trying to climb up the ropes. It really (laughs) was piss poor. I've never (laughs) seen anyone with with such a lack of coordination. (laughs) Billy Corgan, to me, right, he'll always have a place in my heart because... Between the years of 1990 and 1997, I'd say, he was a fucking genius, musical genius. But he was a dictator back then. He used to re-record people's parts. He wouldn't let anyone else have the songs on the thing. And it's and it's ironic that he doesn't want women's wrestling headlining cause, and front and centre. Because mm. he, he always he always had female bass players. Mm. Is that Was that a like, oh, a woman can be a bass player, but she Not can't be or yeah. front man or whatever front person. I don't know. Is that just me reading too much into it? But you know, the first three Smashing Pumpkins albums are fucking genius. They're possibly two of them are, in my opinion, two of the best albums of all time. But he's just turned into an absolute penis cock end. I mean, he probably was anyway. But you know, <laughs> the music, the music, you know, covers a multitude of sins, doesn't it? Yeah. But what, what an absolute fucking moron you had. You had a gold standard there, and you've put it on a right-wing knobhead <laughs> who's got horrendous takes on fucking the real world anyway and contributes to knobhead Fox News all the time. Yeah. He's on Piers but Morgan. He's always on Piers Morgan. He's always on fucking Fox News. He's So he's as a human being, he's fairly fucking cretinous, but as a wrestler, he's absolute dirt worst, isn't he? He's fucking Terrible, awful. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of a worse wrestler on planet Earth. Like in mainstream, in mainstream, there is probably a few. That old Moss is pretty shit. I'd rather watch him. I probably would rather watch him. Ross <laughs> yeah. Holman, gun to head. I'm watching them over fucking uh, Tyrus. <laughs> More than anything, it's just because they're easier to see. Yeah, true. <laughs> is that everything? Have you got any others for us, or is that a... just just a just a quick one? Yeah. From old Hall of Famer Glenn Gilberty. He's back. <laughs> he put out a tweet the other day. It's the midterms in America, midterm elections. I think he's, I don't yeah. quite, you know, understand the way their system works. It's a bit odd. I mean, ours is pretty fucking odd. We, we've had three, uh, we've had three prime ministers in the past two months and, and only one of them has been elected. So, <laughs> but he put out a tweet that said, I just voted to end democracy. Now, if that's him being, you know, ha ha funny, that's moronic considering all the bullshit that they're having with uh, Trump and all his lot, hmm. with the, you know, just idiots just not believing anything that is shown as fact. Yeah. But, yeah, he's just had to start that. Idiot. He's just an idiot. And he really is. He's just a cretin. He's got, if he's friends with Russo, I'm pretty sure he's going to be right-wing Republican, you know, yeah. one of them lot. But shut up. He just does it to get a fucking rise out of people, and I don't even know why I even give him the time of day. <laughs> He's a I mean, he, he gets he gets it though, doesn't he? That's the problem. That's exactly what he wants. 
he's a better heel now than he ever was fucking <laughs> 25 yeah. years ago. He, he, work, he works people better now. Because <laughs> yeah. um, nobody has to see him. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we haven't seen him in a while, having said that, actually. Which is a good thing. Well, um, I was hoping he'd snuffed it, but... <laughs> Sadly not. So for, for me, in my opinion, it's got to go to old Corgi, because it's multiple offences. Ooh, I, I, I can't deviate. I can't, not when he slagged me boy off. Can't really? do it. Yeah, it's going to have to be a joint it. one this week. It's going to have to be a joint one. Road Dog and Billy Corgan, the that dream team. Two, like two like main event level cretins. That yeah, it's just a shame they came on the get, same week. It's rare you get. It's rare you get two like that in one week. It's like uh, London buses, that one. It. <laughs> and any other week they'd have been, you know, home and clear. But <laughs> no, it's got it's got to be double bubble this week. Double bubble. So cretins of the week. Road Dog, Jesse James, Brian G. James, whatever he's called, and <laughs> MWA owner Billy Corgan. Uh, well done, boys. <laughs> Despite all his rage, he's still just a rat in a cage. <laughs> but uh, that brings us to another man who's full of credit activity. What's old Ricky Flair been up to this week, John? Well, I'll tell you in a minute, Mark. It's another Woo Watch. So, I'm assuming it was Monday night or Friday night. Eighth of When was 8th of November? Was it Tuesday? Was that Tuesday? I think so, yeah. Right, what happens on Tuesday? Is it Smackdown? Do they do, do, they do live Smackdown? Or do they do tapings on Tuesdays or something? Oh, it might it might have been Raw then. It might have been like... it might. It's like one 1.06 in the morning on the 8th of November, so it's probably Raw. It's just my time. Yeah, you know that's I mean? true. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he's tweeted out, Thanks, WWE. I'm back up and running. It's a big fucking deal to be in the opening. Woo! Right? So he's buzzing because he's back in the opening of Raw. Not not one hour later, he sends out this. I guess the anti-bullying program you so heavily endorsed does not apply to Bradshaw. He's, 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 he's put Jason Roberts and Joey Styles. What a joke. I think he meant uh, Justin Roberts and Joey Styles. <laughs> Jason Roberts. <laughs> what a joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did actually. <laughs> so he's kicking off about Bradshaw being on the show, and obviously the anti-bullying thing that they promote. And yeah. I agree with him about Bradshaw. Bradshaw's a cock. However, him. when you're Ric Flair, this is he's just nothing but hypocrisy. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> it's nothing but <laughs> hypocrisy. I mean, I don't know if you agree with this, but I believe his sexual misgivings can also be de- deemed to be bullying. You're bullying female flight attendants into seeing your penis. Yeah, he's you know uh, I mean? proper hypocrisy there. Like, one minute he's absolutely buzzing to be on the fucking entrance. Not even the entrance to the show. I think it's just that little, you know, the opening signature at the beginning. He's buzzing yeah. to be on that. And then he's fucking piping off to the... You know, piping up about the show and so like, I fucking hate Bradshaw. Don't get me wrong; he's an absolute cock end. But you haven't really got a moral leg to stand on, old Rick. You've done some shocking stuff in your life, son. <laughs> it, it does need calling out the Bradshaw stuff. It really does, oh, God, and yeah. it should be called out. But you can't, you can't be like the fucking moral majority, Eric, because you know you've, you, you've, yeah, like you said, you've got no legs to stand on. It needs to be called out by somebody who's been working there. You know, big personality there. That's it, and not a creepy fucking weirdo like you are. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he's got a multitude of fucking discretions behind him. <laughs> However, that his week didn't stop there. He was out in New Orleans with Wendy. 
The big Wendy. Well, he's out in a jacket that looks like he's literally skinned a cow. It's black <laughs> and white cow print jacket, right? <laughs> Moo. <laughs> Moo watch. Him went, Moo watching. <laughs> <laughs> that was class. <laughs> now, him and Wendy have had a night out in old Nola. Yeah. However, his choice of words probably wasn't the best thing ever. So he stood next to his missus in his cow jacket and he's just put a night in the Big Easy. <laughs> now, people who didn't know what the Big Easy was might think that's what you call your missus. And it's a bit, you know. <laughs> a night in you the know, What with Munevist? <laughs> he's got his Munevist and he's loving life. He's had, he's had a few Rick, Ricky Flair drips. A few, drip, a few drippies, and then he give her a drip. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> but seriously, Richard, you, your wording on some of these is is a bit shit, and people can take can misconstrue and take it the wrong way. Luckily, I'm well versed in in the nicknames of you know American yeah. cities: the Windy City, the City of Angels. Yeah, I, I can't name any more. City of Brotherly Love, the the Lovers State, Virginia. Yeah. See, other other less scholarly people might think you were talking about the wife, and, and you know, bad shit. He's can probably happen. right. Is it? It works for both, though. I bet. <laughs> <I'm saying. laughs> well, yeah, that, he's, uh, um, was that all his that, activity? That was pretty much it this week. He wasn't. He wasn't shilling anything. He was made up to be in the opening to Raw and and then just berated him after, which, you know, and rightly so, but, you know, coming from him, it's a bit of a hollow, I don't think hollow they're going to be sort of sentiment. Uh, much um, interest in that, are they? <laughs> no, but he is quite prominent for us tonight. Yeah, he is. Because we're here. We're finally here. Six long weeks of NWO bollocks has led us to Las Vegas, Nevada. Halloween Havoc, sponsored by Slim Jim, the tasty meat stick. Welcome to Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc. And gentlemen, 
We've been a part of these events many times before in the month of October, but Dream, I can say tonight, we will see a world title match, the most important world title match ever, Hulk Hogan of the NWO and the Macho Man Randy Savage. Well, Tony, it's very, very simple. When you pass hundreds of people flocking in from the desert and you stop and ask them where you're going, they say, there's a fight in town. And really, basically, what it falls down to is a fight for the tradition of WCW and a fight right here in Las Vegas. And Brain, let me tell you something. If we're ever going to step up the bat, tonight is the night we're going to do it. And with that, Brain, what about the macho man Randy Savage who is here tonight? The last time we heard from him, we thought and concerned ourselves about him taking this to a level that he shouldn't. Well, I believe he will take it to a new level. They've taken the man's money from him. They've taken the man's brain from him, his mind. They've taken his heart from him. There's nothing left that Savage Hogan can take. Now Hogan is going to take the beating of his life tonight here at Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc, courtesy of the Macho Man. Hogan, you're going to need all the luck in the world. Wow. Let's go to the ring, David Pinter. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the opening <laughs> Live from the MGM Grand Arena in Las That's Vegas. That's it. We get a very busy intro package. Yeah, there's a lot going on there. Just like a lot going on. Bischoff's overlaying as well, just doing his little fucking apologies and all that. It was it was too much going on there. <laughs> it was. It just. I was. I was a bit confused and had a bit of a headache after it. This. I thought the set looked quite cool. Yeah, it did. The graveyard. And it was quite yeah, good. Yeah, it was quite good. But I did notice something about the graveyard later on. There was yeah. a new stone with the word Crockett on it. <laughs> it was quite, that was quite oh, funny, that, actually. That's quite funny. <laughs> Bit brutal, wasn't it? <laughs> so uh, Tony, Bobby and Dusty have all got the same shirt on. I know, yeah. They've got, like, Halloween Havoc uniform. <laughs> they, they, they've proper got the memo. They literally look like they work in a fucking office. <laughs> look like they're working like a Burger King or something, though, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make a double cheese XL, yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I, thought that, I thought it was quite embarrassing for them. Nobody sort of let on. And oh, I'm wearing this shirt tonight, you know. <laughs> it's not, I like but, it when they have like absolutely completely random outfits, like Dusty's in like a cowboy outfit, Tony's in like a proper like three piece tuxedo and all that, and then you know, just like random as fuck. But it was quite funny watching seeing him in like a Tesco uniform. <laughs> so Tony says it's the most important match ever again. Yeah, like he's not in there since last obviously. week. Since last week, yeah. <laughs> Dusty starts wittering on about the fucking desert folk. Whoever they may be, in sand dwellers, I don't know, no idea. It's a fight for tradition. Heenan talks that Savage will go to the next level and take, uh, and he's had everything taken from him, so he's he's bereft. He's he's not caring anymore. Yeah, I, I thought it was a nice, succinct little. Quick yeah, nothing to opener. lose. Well, that was, yeah, yeah. It was what do you reckon? Yeah, not too bad. Nothing, nothing. No, like. No Larry Zabisco, so he didn't have any fucking daft analogies popping out. It was just pretty nice, just set the night up, yeah. set up the big matches and stuff like that. Yeah, no, no complaints from me. No gammon whatsoever. <laughs> no gammon. <laughs> but we um, we get to our opening contest, and this is a, a long-awaited rematch for us anyway. Something that's been building subtly, nuance every week. <laughs> it's uh, the Cruiserweight title. Rey Mysterio, the champion. He's, he's had this belt for quite a while. I think uh, it's four months, I think they said he's had nice, it for. Nice run from him, I would say. Yeah, uh, nice little run, yeah. Versus the long-term rival of Dean Malenko, 
you know, I think this was their fifth match. They called it the rubber match. Two wins each. So, you know, someone's got to come away from it as the winner and the sort of defining champion. I was I was proper hyped up for this. I'm pretty sure you were the same. Definitely. It was one of the ones I was looking forward to the most, to be fair. Yeah. When when these two have a match, so you'd, you'd, it's mental how similar the music is, isn't it? <laughs> you could easily play one of each other's music and you'd be like, that's the same per- that's the same music. Yeah, they really need to give him a, a musical upgrade or Rey Mysterio. It's just not... It doesn't suit it all, does it? <laughs> when I always say it every it. week, pretty much. But... It's not befitting of someone so exciting. No. You know what I mean? It's like a I mean, proper, I, don't, like... I don't expect the who's that jumping out the sky booyaka shit. I yeah. mean, just something a bit more upbeat will do, you know? Yeah, it sounds like it, it sounds like a proper heels music, doesn't it? Like a proper methodical yeah. heel, like Dean. Um, well, exactly, yeah. Or Dungeon <laughs> of Doom or something. Ha 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 ha, that one. <laughs> <laughs> right, well, what did you, uh, what did you think about this bad boy then? Right, well, old Dean stars the mask. Can he yep. keep focus and regain the belt is essentially the story running through that. Yeah. Old Matinee joins, lovely. Big pop for Ray, look, looks mint as always. Yeah. Malenko cool. doesn't wait for the bell. Don't wait for the bell, just goes to town on Ray. It's an elevated back suplex for two. Puts Ray up and throws him down and goes for the clover leaf. He's trying to get it done fast. I like that. Yeah, about tonight. yeah exactly. It was like, he's all business. business. He's not, yeah. fucking, not fucking about. Ray twists out of it. The crowd, to me, seemed a little more on Dean's side. Yeah, I got that impression. I don't know why. Yeah, Interesting. Maybe they're just the way around, isn't it? Maybe they just like technicality. Who knows? <laughs> Dean works the arm, and there's a really nice escape and a leg sweep by Ray. Yeah. Asai Moonsault catches Ray, who evades the buckle and goes for a hurricane rana, and Malenko shrugs it off. Dropped Toho by Ray, gets head scissors and sends Dean out. He blags him with a fake dive and then does the sort of precursor 619 thing that he does quite often. Yeah, I like that. Dean then gets distracted by the mask on the apron and he gets a springboard drop kick and Ray hits a somersault sent on. And then he robs the mask back to a pop. Yeah, that was good. That was good. Put and it on changes the mask. Yeah, yeah. a bit. Bit weird that I didn't understand why. I mean, you're wasting time there. You, you're sort of on on the yeah. on the front foot, and you're pissing about swapping clothes. It's like a Buddy Madonna get, concert. Get back into his swig of things and stuff like that. Yeah, I see what you mean. Well, that's it. So Ray's proper fired up when he gets the mask on, and he gets a head scissors roll for two. Dean drops a big side slam, and Tanay mentions, like you said, it's the fifth match between them. It picks him up into a vertical, but launches him into the ropes, and he lands on his knee. Yeah. It's a power slam and a half crab starts working. The knee puts him, transitions into a bow and arrow. I love uh, how he just cut heroes in so quick. Oh, and it's so smooth the transitions between yeah. like holds and stuff. It's ridiculous. It's just, and it just becomes like a, a methodical grounding of the guy. Yeah. Like, when, he take him that, his feet. when he locks in that surfboard, how well did Ray sell it? You know, he sells it better than anyone. I've got it here. Ray sells so vocally and so well. He really does. It's, because obviously, like we've we've discussed before, because he's got no facial because he's got the mask on, it has to be vocal, and he's he's probably one of the best vocal sellers I've seen. Yeah. Sometimes it sounds really like put on. Yeah, but he he sounds natural, doesn't he? It sounds like he's being yeah. sort. Of, it does sound like he's being bent up into like a pretzel or whatever. Exactly. So he's working the leg and the back, 
It's a big back suplex for one, two. No! <laughs> no dice. Head scissors by Ray. Makes it to the ropes. Peach of a vertical suplex. Roll up hope spot for two by Ray. Dean's getting fucking annoyed now. So yeah. he does a he does what grinding backbreaker that he does. Love it. Yeah. No way. That, that, that low drop kick he did was awesome. Just like that fucking like fuck oh, off. Yeah. Just yeah, like I've had enough of you now. That was so good. <laughs> but from that backbreaker, he transitions like seamlessly into a camel clutch. Yeah, amazing. And he and he really works it. You can see him like like grinding his face and everything. Uh, then he does a vicious tilt a whirl backbreaker, just absolutely zoning in on that back. Herniated disc for Mr. Mysterio. <laughs> there's just there's just no wasted motion to him. He's like yeah. he won't let Ray regroup. He slaps on a sleeper and body scissors him. Now that's yeah. genius. Because you watch someone with a sleeper, obviously with a bigger block, they'll get on the back of the guy. Yeah. But usually it's just like a vertical kind of thing. But getting him down, sleeping, and completely just nullifying any movement. It's, I think yeah. it's superb. Ray elbows out of it, but he gets a running knee to the gut and gets an absolutely fucking perfect release hammerlock northern light suplex. That shit will break your fucking arm. <laughs> <laughs> He was just like he was so emphatic, wasn't he? Whenever Ray got like going, like he's like he just cut it off as as quickly yeah. as he could. So dominant. He ties Ray up in a crucifix, and there's a fight to the top rope, and Ray bumps out, as does Dean. Ray slips on the rail, going for a, a rana, but he quickly improvises and jumps on his back and gets him in a sleeper. I love it because these days they don't seem to do that. If they miss a spot, they're like, "What do I do next?" Because they, they don't work on the flight, so they'll just out in it. Or they'll just do it again two minutes later mm. to, to, to telegraph the fact that they fuck it up. Yeah, that's an absolute pet hate of both of ours. I think. Yeah, I hate it. But yeah, when you can, when you can, when you can sort of make a error into something good, that that takes so much talent and quality in the ring no they're just two absolute fucking pros aren't they though this is this is why you know you're always going to get something quality it may not be like five star top tier but it's always going to be solid yeah enjoyable so they're back in and there's a tilt and he tries to tilt a whirl again he loves a bit of a tilt a whirl does they know it's countered into a pin by ray springboard somersault sent on by ray and a crucifix for two waist lock exchange into a sublime bridge pin by Ray for two. It was lovely. I thought, I thought that says, was that. I thought that was going to be the finish. Yeah, it was a fucking amazing sequence. And even Heenan comes out with, there was 806 moves there. <laughs> I thought that was quite funny. <laughs> it's a vicious clothesline and a vertical suplex by Dean. Dean's out and a, a springboard corkscrew moonsault by Ray. It was a little bit stagey. Didn't quite bit- get all of it. No, and you could. He was there was obvious catching there, but you know that kind of shit you can sort of let slip by because the rest of what they do is just so fucking good. Hurricane Rana for two by Ray hacking back to his uh, title win with yeah. that pin. Tries a springboard Rana, but gets a huge set out power bomb for just a very very close two count. That, that cover that counter was amazing. Yeah, it was, and you can feel that crescendo building to the finish, can't you? You yeah, can just yeah. feel it. Up top, Dean tries a super gut buster, but Ray knees out of it. Backflips, not showing off. Goes back up for a Hurricane Rana, but gets a monster top rope power bomb, and he's done for free. Yeah. Great finish, the gut like that gut wrench power bomb. It looked a bit yeah. dirty, but it, it made it look better. It looked yeah. amazing. It's like desperation, wasn't it? Yeah, it was superb. I didn't think they were going to put Dean over in this match. To be fair, I wasn't expecting it. I was expecting Ray no, to go over again, but I was. 
you know, but you like you said, that sort of that fuck like a crescendo, like that that build, the pace at the end was just so good. And they built it so well. And they gave them enough time, that was the best thing. Um Yeah, it was like eighteen minutes, I think. Yeah. <sighs> There's not much you can say about these two. They just sort of had an instant chemistry, didn't they, from minute one in that first match? Yeah. I've never uh, I've never seen him have a, a duffer, ever. No, nah, not a chance. I mean, I don't think it was as good as the first one. No. But, but it was, you know, damn good in its own right. And it was a really nice, great surprise finish. You're always going to get a good finish in a Ray Mysterio match, aren't you? Like, innovation. You know? Yeah. Because he's so, he's so willing to do any do anything to create like those wow moments it's really impressive there's a huge pop for Dean when he won though to be fair and they definitely both got over the crowd it was a, it was a decent crowd to be fair yeah I thought yeah. it was great as always I mean I like the little nods to the past matches in it yeah you know that's that's nuance you can understand because it's in recent memory it's not four years ago in another fucking promotion or whatever yeah <laughs> you know what I mean I, I just thought it was a really good Really, really good opener. Yeah. Start definitely. as you mean to go on kind of thing. Like, it was a great way to start the show off as well, wasn't it? Like, you always tend to get the cruiserweights to start, but sometimes they don't always deliver a la Hooventude. But um, <laughs> this was absolutely quality for me. It really was. Then we then then we cut backstage and we get something that wasn't top tier. It was uh, Tony the Tiger with strutting cunt Jeff Jarrett. Tony, thank you very much. I'll tell you what, things really getting going here in Las Vegas, Nevada, Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc. When the card for this event was first being put together, we thought the NWO would finally get their comeuppance. It was going to be the giant against the nature boy, Ric Flair. Well, we saw what happened to the nature boy, but a man came through. He has accepted the challenge, and it is none other than Jeff Jarrett. And you are going to face the biggest man in the history of this sport in the biggest match of your life. Exactly. You want to talk about pride. You want to talk about tradition. You want to talk about heritage. You want to talk about charisma, being able to get the job done inside of the ring. (laughs) I could go on and on about myself and Ric Flair, but I'm out here to talk tonight. (laughs) Just a few words to the NWO and the Giant. You guys had to impress me from the Giant to the Hogan all the way down the list with your monster trucks and jumping Ric Flair outside the ring. You ain't done nothing inside the ring. And in case you didn't know, Giant, that's exactly where we're meeting. Right in the middle of the old squared circle. That being the point, Jeff, can we talk a minute about the choke slam? The fact oh. of the matter is, he's put it on just about everybody. Exactly. No promises or guarantees, no threats. <laughs> I'm just telling you, man to man, face to face, Giant, you will not choke slam me. <laughs> talk about Tell some big, big boots to fill. Oh, 13 yeah. times heavyweight champion of the world, he's the ready? Nature Boy, Ric Flair. I'm here tonight, not just to support Jeff Jett, but I'm here woo, to orchestrate the meet and greet because there will be a line a mile long of women in Las Vegas that want to shake the hand, hug the neck, and kiss the face woo, of Jeff Jarrett after he beats the giant. Then, macho man, as much as I despise you, Tonight, Macho Man, you and WCW woo, will walk that out. You will style a profile and you will take the hoaxer and the NWO woo, all night long. The Nature Boy, Jeff Jarrett. Let's go back to the. So, Jarrett talks about pride, heritage, and charisma, and then he stumbles. Silly. <laughs> Do you not notice that in between every fucking sentence he does that? <laughs> ho, 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 ho. 
like that. Little laugh, yeah. Stupid little fucking laughs, and it's <laughs> why he's not impressed by the NWO, and uh, they've done nothing in the ring, which is a fair point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> and uh, the giant won't choke slam him, and then Flair rocks up, pervy as always. It, it's awkward straight to the meet and greet afterwards, apparently. Yeah, that was a bit odd, wasn't it? Genuinely giddy. He's more giddy about the meet and greet than he ever has been about wrestling. <laughs> Says there's a long line of women waiting for Jarrett, and he's going to be there, you know, taking names like Virgil does after his after every RG has. He put he puts over Savage as well. To be fair, even though they've got like a heated rivalry, I thought it was pretty decent. Flair up to a couple of notches. Obviously, when he come in, there was a bit bit more bit more umph to it when Flair yeah. came in. Yeah. Yeah, what do you reckon? Yeah, it was all right. Like J- Jarrett's not too bad. Like that that little laughy thing he does is a bit annoying, but he get he tends to get he's he's a better fucking promo than a lot. You know, for instance, Luger. Um, he's a lot better than him. He gets his point across. Most people. Are. He gets <laughs> he gets his point across most of the time, and he sort of know where he's going with it for the most part. And yeah, like you said, the little creepy line from Flair, but everything's as Flair. Creepy. Everything's <laughs> as creepy now, with it, doesn't it? Yeah, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind that he sort of put his sort of issues with Savage aside, and he thinks he's going to get the job done and stuff. That was all right. Pretty standard backstage, wasn't it for me? Nothing crazy. Um, yeah, it's a lot more. There's a lot more backstage than Fall Brawl. Fall Brawl seems to flow a lot better. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff new... there. Yeah, I don't think they knew at Fall Brawl who the fuck was going to do the backstage segments because uh, Gene wasn't there, was there? So now That's they've it. sort of got Tony the Tiger, Mike Tanay, they've got a revolving yeah, got cast people. of shit. <laughs> Next up, we have another match that was highly, highly anticipated by the both of definitely. us. Definitely, yeah, yeah um, definitely. The Battle Bowl Ring, or whatever it's called, the Lord of the Ring. <laughs> Who's your favourite lord? <laughs> That's irrelevant, but it's uh, Eddie Guerrero who is the ring holder, apparently, even though he's I've never seen him wearing it. So I think, I don't know who's got no. it. <laughs> uh, versus favourite, well, both favourites of ours, DDP. And this was just, you know, it was like, we, this has been building for a little while. He had that little rivalry with Chavo, and then it sort of moved on to Eddie. DDP just coming out oozing charisma as usual. It just looks like a star, doesn't he? Yeah. He's 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 got his game face on though. You can tell you can tell that he's not fucking about tonight. He was he looked quite serious when he, he was. He did a bit of the flamboyant showboating and stuff, but he still I, I still think he looks a bit serious. Yeah. Then we get Eduardo Guerrero out to eighties high school quarterback music. <laughs> he he whips his jacket right off. He means business as well. He ain't Straight fucking in. about. Straight in. Don't fuck about, does he? So he he goes in and he's just like he gets in hot and they're they're both. Trade slaps are slapping each other in the face, and yeah, there was an arm drag by Eddie. What what's it rating on the uh, the scale? Oh, that was an eight point eight. Eight point eight. Wow, he, he's easily. Isn't he? He's very consistent, Eddie. He's he's probably the best. He's got the best arm drag active at that point in the business, in my opinion. Him and Michaels, maybe. Yeah, Michaels is bang on, isn't it? To be fair, I've, we've not evaluated uh, Young Bretts yet. We'll see that when we do Survivor Series. Yeah. But he, but he he does the the beautiful arm drag and then he holds the arm, you know, cinches it. Always in. nice, always, always nice. And he's sort of he's he's trying he's trying to ground him early because obviously he's got the size advantage and obviously naturally he's got the weight advantage. So he's yeah. trying to get him with like headlocks and takedowns and he, I quite like that sort of style because he 
I, I don't think I don't. He wanted to sort of take away the vertical base, which was which is good. And it's not like DDP is a giant or anything like that, but it sort of still works. Six 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 though, isn't he? To be fair, he's yeah, tall. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's pretty tall, but in terms of like, he's not. They don't. They don't. No, they never mention him as like a. a do you know what I mean? Like a a, a, a seven foot. Yeah, or like yeah, yeah. Or, a, or whatever. I love that DDP got that. You know that sort of um, got he got caught in the rope. You know that spot he does where he sort of his arms hanging and he's he's sort of yeah, stirring, yeah. You know? And then Eddie just fucking st- stuck him right in the uh, right in the gut with a with a kick. That was awesome. He sort of spills to the outside. Dusty's full on like accusing Nicky Patrick. <laughs> he's saying Nicky Patrick ain't, ain't in no pain. <laughs> <laughs> he's accusing of his affiliation with the NWO, which is like the worst kept secret at this point, isn't it? I think. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Springboard outside by Eddie, and he sort of DDP manages to sort of just sidestep it. But then, you know, Eddie's still got that sort of fire in him, and he sort of shoves DDP into the rail as well. And then he, he gets him back and he does that classic sort of Eddie rolling sent on that we, you know, that yeah, high low. Yeah, I love that one. It was just all really nice, smooth quality stuff, wasn't it? From at, at this point, I thought. Yeah. There was a bit where <laughs> Eddie gets crotched, he bumps out and he eats the steps. And Paige says, Get up, girlfriend. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> weird. <laughs> he comes out with some weird stuff sometimes, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's definitely a, a, an extravagant, eccentric kind of chap. Oh god, yeah. He, he sort of he continues the assault on the uh, on the outside, like you said. He he goes for the, the steps and he, he sort of gets him back in. He goes for a cover with the ropes, and Nicky Patrick's not having any of it. So you know he's he's playing it playing it down the middle so far, and then like a gut wrench, gut buster by by DDP. It's fucking incredible. Honestly. It was really nice. Raised <laughs> him on his shoulder. Yeah, that was that was superb. I mean, I've, I've, I've put him over enough about his way of sort of combining and innovating moves. Like he's, yeah. he's superb. And then a sort of rebounded tilt a whirl as well for a two. <laughs> and then he, he, he puts his hands on Nicky Patrick and you can't be doing that. Can't be doing no, it's that. 500 quid, that, isn't it? <laughs> $500 and five match band, that. Patrick sort of gives him a shove back. He's fighting back. He's got a bit of confidence now. He's with the NWO, and Eddie sort of tries to get a quick count in, uh, quick cover in for two, and it's all a bit of handbags between DDP and Nicky. Nicky Patrick in the corner, and he and shakes it's... his hand. <laughs> Just odd, isn't it? He's, he's such um, a great shit house. He really is. Oh yeah, and then they sort of they go through a little sort of like quite a few pinning predicaments. Both men reversing. No one can quite get it in, and it's starting to sort of turn into more of the, the type of match that Eddie wants, I would think, at this point. Oh, Whereas yeah, definitely, definitely. DDP obviously wants to keep it a bit slower, a bit more methodical. And he, he gets, like, ten shots in the corner, which gets, the, obviously, the obligatory one, two, three, four, you know, count from the from the, from the the fans. And then Eddie hits, like, a massive crossbody to the outside, but if anything, it looks like he hurt himself more than DDP. He did. Uh, that looked a bit nasty, that. He sort of, he seemed to bang his head a bit on the, on the concrete. He's lucky he didn't get any sort of concussion from that. But then he, it, it comes back in. DDP like snaps Eddie's face for like for face first on the ropes, like a sling. You know what, what do you call that move? It's like a, a guillotine kind of thing. Yeah, like guillotine. And then he hits like he did the other week. It's a Styles Clash for two. They two. call it a flapjack, and a flapjack to me is like, do you know that bit before they do the cutter on a three D? That's a yeah. flapjack. 
yeah. to me. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. Gets two for that one. Sit out power bam from DDP again, another two, and then he he sort of eventually gets Eddie up. There's a bit of a hoo ha with with Nicky Patrick again, and he's getting involved as he always does. Then DDP finds that little bit of a second just to get the neck, cranks him down for the diamond cutter, gets the job done. One, two, three. I didn't again another to finish. I wasn't particularly expect. I, I, had, I had a feeling that I put Eddie over in this one. I don't know why I had that feeling. Um, did you not think? Did you not think it was a bit shit? The finish, it looked a bit shit. Yeah, he didn't quite. Taking it. He didn't rank. He didn't sort of nail it as he normally does, does he? It wasn't like no. it was more of a sort of stagey fall, wasn't it? In a way, that was yeah. an audible. That's what they because said. because uh, Eddie broke a rib. Oh, did he? Legitimately, yeah. Apparently, yeah. so yeah, it was. That's why it ended so sort of abruptly. Right, that must have been from the crossbody, was it? Do you reckon or? I think so. I mean, I, I I went back and had a look to see if I could pinpoint it, but... Yeah, I mean, that was a nasty know. fall, to be fair. That could have easily been that. That's it. But, but like, like I said, another another good match. What did you think? I thought it was decent. It wasn't what I'd hoped for. Yeah, it wasn't. It, it didn't thought, quite live up, but it wasn't bad at all, was it? No, it wasn't bad. It was nowhere near as good as the opener, but it yeah. was still a decent, solid sort of pay-per-view match. Yeah, I thought so. I think they could... I think, I think they 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 I think they probably knew they could do better than that. You know, it's probably oh, yeah. it's probably a six out of ten. They could have easily cranked out an eight out of ten, do you know what I mean? You know, from what I can like gather, that. that that clash of the champions match that they had was infinitely better. So Yeah. It's a shame, shame we missed that one really, isn't it? Shame um, I can't get the bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Tanay's backstage next though. We get a triumvirate of promos, eh? Uh, uh, he's initially with Macho Man. We found out Nick Patrick had it all along. Let's go to Mike today. Oh, yeah, the calm before the storm, because you know, as well as I know, and all these people know, that I got a very important match coming up against Hollywood Hulk Hogan. But snap into it, because in a little while, I'm going to take Hollywood Hulk Hogan and break him in half. Snap into him, too. Dig it! And we are back in the locker room area with the newly crowned WCW Cruiserweight Champion, Dean Malenko. Very hard-fought victory to open up Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc against Rey Mysterio Jr. I guess the question has to be at this point, what's in your future as the new champion? Well, Mike, first things first. You know, a month ago, I had told everybody in WCW and the watches out there, and especially you, Rey Mysterio, I was going to be more focused than ever when I got to the city of Las Vegas, and that I was not going to leave the MGM building without this Cruiserweight belt in my hands. Now, Rey Mysterio and anybody else who wants to step in line and get a crack at this belt, just take a ticket, wait in line, any chance you want, I'm there for it. This is what I want, this is what I got, and this is what I'm going to keep. So, in other words, an opportunity for a rematch for Rey Mysterio Jr. is something that you would enjoy as well? Rey Mysterio, it doesn't matter who it is. This is mine, it's going to stay here, and I'll take on any comers that want a chance to take it away from me. The man of a thousand holds, Dean Malenko. He's the new cruiserweight championship in world championship wrestling. And now we understand that we are going to go to a special NWO interview with the Giant. It's up next. Jeff Jarrett, I get you credit for being a lot smarter than you really are. And my first clue that you're not too bright is when you refuse the opportunity to join the NWO. Because the NWO is taking over World Championship Wrestling. And the only way you get in the NWO is by invitation. And you could have been 
one of the chosen few, and you said no. Not very smart. But you know, now I realize that not only are you not very smart, but you're a total fool. Because anybody would buy a line from Ric Flair and make him feel like you're getting some privilege by taking his place to climb in the ring to face the most awesome force in professional wrestling today, the NWO's U.S. heavyweight champion, the Giant. You, my friend, are a total fool. Even Flair is not fool enough to climb in the ring with this man by himself. And Giant, what was it? I think the last thing that Jeff Jarrett said to the NWO was, stick it. And that's pretty good advice when you think about it. Because Jeff Jarrett, I'm going to stick you to the wall. I'm going to stick you to the floor. I'll stick you to the ceiling. As a fight room, and when boy. it's all said and done, I'm going to choke slam you right in the middle. When it's all over, there will be no Jeff Jarrett. And there will be no horsemen. Everybody goes to the glue factory. Wow. Enough said. Yes. Get ready, Jarrett. You're going down. The, from there. The, the only thing I sort of picked up from it was he, he said he's going to break Hogan in half like a Slim Jim. <laughs> yeah, gets his Slim Jim references in there. He's bat, seems back to normal, resplendent in orange and black. Yeah, like he's not gone. like depressed or anything anymore, is no. he? <laughs> gone is his BDSM Johnny Cash outfit. <laughs> and then Mike's with Dean. We do a quick cut to the, to the interview with Dean. And this was actually a pretty banging promo from Dean, I thought. Yeah, it was. You know, There's no fanfare with him. There's no flamboyancy. It's literally straight to the fucking point. Yeah. What Basically he said he, he's done what he set out to do. He said he was going to get the, the title back and he's got it. And he's going to take on all comers, whether that's Rey Mysterio or anyone else. He doesn't care. He's, he's he's happy to take anyone on. Fighting champion. So. Yeah. Rightly so. Like that bit. But then we get to something that sort of happens quite a bit during the night. DiBiase is in the crowd in that sort of like NWO entrance way they've got, which I, I didn't mind that to be fair that they had like their own entrance way. That was quite good. No, that make, makes sense. Yeah, and they sort of had security around them. I, I thought that bit was quite good. And Ted Ted grabs the mic and he says he was very disappointed in Jarrett for turning down the offer from the NWO. I wasn't aware there was one to be honest. <laughs> We've not been told that really. I think when when he came in, I think. They thought it was NWO when he came in, didn't they? And I think yeah. he was—he was. They were playing it like he was a free agent before he made his debut and stuff. He says he's not too bright. NWO's invite only. He's a total fool for aligning with Flair. He says even Flair won't climb in the ring with the Giant. So you got to give him credit there. He mentioned yeah. Jarrett's uh, stick it line, and then the Giant comes in and says he's going to stick it to the floor, the wall, the ceiling. I've just put the Giant's dumb. Ted said so Dibiase's mint. Dibiase was great. Giant room. You know, business. Everything's about business. And then uh, he says everyone goes to the glue factory. Does the giant? What's a shit house? Nobody is. is. <laughs> as he trying to get that over as like a, a catchphrase of it. That's absolutely horrific. That, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so his, ca- his catchphrases don't work. His, his catchphrases <laughs> are dreadful. <laughs> he's really bad. So, giant's come down. He's obviously got the belt that he nicked off the fake player. Um... <laughs> And uh, Shivani's absolutely losing his shit about the belt being like held up by Patrick and stuff like that. Yeah. He's not the world. He's not the champion, uh, you know. But like, he was like, "Oh, this is a non-title match. This isn't a title match." All this. He didn't say anything when it was a when it was a non-title match in the tag matches the other week when Nicky Patrick was holding the belt. <laughs> no, you know, you know what I mean? 
So yeah, but they're not NWO, remember? So you know, you go with the NWO. Jarrett comes out with his little fucking country tunes and all this. He gets a decent ovation. He gets a decent ovation. Woeful imbecile, absolute bona fide yokel, and his fucking (laughs) follicle atrocity struck down like a cunt. And he's followed by Flair. Flair Flair gets a good reaction as well. To be fair, not mega, but um, I think that's probably because he wasn't wrestling. It's just the difference. Flair just walking out normally, right, for a change. Yeah. Jarrett does all these fucking bobbins and Flair just it's exudes charisma just naturally. Yeah. And he strategizes with Jeff and uh, Bobby gives the same opinion as Dusty and Dusty says, I know I said that and Heenan says, Yeah, but I say it in English. <laughs> <laughs> I mean on paper this match had no right to be it's just no good, is it? Let's be honest. No, and from the kickoff it made no sense to me because he, he punches him and yeah. then he struts. It's like just, I've, and I've put, this is the difference between Jeff Jarrett and like say a Shawn Michaels. Yeah. If Michaels is going against the big guy, he's relentless. Just fucking, yeah. you never you know, I need to get this big right. down yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And it's just, he, he evades the giant and does the sort of small man stuff and he gets another shot in and he gets a headlock and gets launched on his ass. Uh, his shoulders a giant in the corner and gets launched again. Jarrett's not changed the right. I know this isn't real, obviously, but you know you'd you'd think he'd change his game plan. Yeah, he's wrestling. He's just wrestling his usual match. Yeah, and then there's no, there's no change to it, was it? It was like the it was a similar match that he had the other week. Exactly. Yeah, against 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 Nemo. <laughs> he gets a sleeper on him on on his back, which is actually quite smart, to be fair. Just 10 punches in the corner. Why? I don't get that. Bigfoot by a giant. And he gets uh, a two. Yeah. And it's put the foot's on the rope. Flair tries to enter with a chair. It's a big elbow drop. Headbutt to the knackers. Jarrett's selling. He's far too animated. Everything he does is well over the top. It's proper Memphis. <laughs> it just gets on me tits. There's a big backbreaker and sustains it. Then Flair gets the mic. And tells him to kick his NWO ass. <laughs> it's pointless. <laughs> he beats Jarrett down, another pair of brack breakers, and a fucking bear hug. And I'm like, oh yawn. Jesus Christ! Yawn at this point. I know Jarrett luckily escapes quite quite quickly and gets two drop kicks and no dice. Can't slam him. Pin for two by the Giant. Obviously, he's fallen on him. Axe handle can't drop him, but a crossbody does. And he gets pinned, and he gets launched off. Tries a figure four and gets launched. The giant posts himself. Yeah. Figure four outside, but the giant grips him, and he's about to choke slam him. But Flair comes over and <laughs> low blows him and gets Jeff DQ'd. <laughs> it, very was, it wasn't finish, the best. Was it? <laughs> it was a very abrupt finish. It just came out of nowhere. The low blows. Ah, oh, it's over. Flair's just watching it going, this is shit. I'm getting, I'm getting this done <laughs> let's, let's, let's give this crowd a favour here. Bang. <laughs> oh, God. It got better towards the end, but, I mean, it started piss poor. And and to be fair to him, he didn't get choke slammed. So, you know, he, he, was, he right. was telling the truth. Yeah, He was right, yeah. But then I thought, shouldn't Flair just get his belt back now? <laughs> yeah, just nick it back. That's yeah. you're done then, isn't it? <laughs> but isn't they like and, they were going on about there was like the thirty day clause, wasn't there? If he doesn't defend it in thirty days, he relinquishes it or something like that. Did, did you hear that? Yeah, but he's injured, isn't he? So yeah, 
Then the rest of the horseman comes down, and sadly, uh, our favourite Aaron Anderson is wearing the hog wild denim jacket. <laughs> oh, <laughs> come on, Dan, come on. <laughs> like, come on, mate. Come on, have a bit of self respect, Dan. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. I mean, I'm not a fan of the giant. With I think I've uh, I've made that quite clear. Don't have you? <laughs> don't don't necessarily mind Jarrett's work in ring as much, but it wasn't a good match. It didn't work. It didn't mesh. I don't even think I, I don't think the Flair Giant match would have been good any either. You know, I, no. I don't think that would have worked either. Um, I mean, Giant matches are never good. No, they're terrible. He's really bad. I suppose, uh, and the finish is okay because I go. I guess it protects the new guy as well. Him, Jarrett. He's just debuted, and he so you can't have him getting beat. I guess, and it protects the giant as well because he had to be sort of took out by a chair and then you know almost a chair and a low blow blah 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 <sighs> nothing else to say about it really it was pretty pretty mundane pretty garbage in time yeah. <laughs> and then we get um dibiase again with vincent with that let's go to dibiase well the way i see it that's one mark in the win column for the NWO tonight. That's what I thought we'll he said. We'll take it any way we can get it. Horseman, you knew that was the only way that Jeff Jarrett would climb out of that ring alive. Well, it's one down and three to go. Chris Jericho, you're next. And we'll take nothing from you. You're a fine athlete. Great speed, great agility. You're a great athlete, but you're a great athlete. That's at the right place at the wrong time. But you're going to get a chance to get better tonight. Because the only way you get better is by climbing in the ring with the best. And you're climbing in the ring with the best cruiserweight when you climb in the ring with six. Tell him six. Bottom line, Chris Jericho, you're a fine young athlete. But tonight, you will be crucified for the sins of WCW, pal. The Cruiserweight title will soon be in the hands of the NWO. And the NWO, as everybody knows, is for life, baby! If the NWO says it, you can take it to the bank. Go get him, six. He says that's one mark in the wing collar for him tonight. And he, he, he makes a good point. He said the horseman knew it was the only way Jarrett was going to get out of there alive. Good line. I like yeah. it how he said, um, I'll t- we'll take him anywhere we get him, kind of thing. Yeah, it was good. And then he said, um, it's ne- next up, it's Jericho against Waltman. Well, six. To be fair, uh, DiBiase puts Jericho over saying he's a good competitor and stuff like that, so, but he's not going to be enough for six. And, <laughs> and then Waltman comes on the... On the uh, oh, my God. Like, and it's it's an absolute stink. It's a noise! <laughs> it's a terrible, terrible promo. I mean, he's never, he was never good on the stick, was he, really? Um, no. But oh, it um, sounds wasted. Yeah, he, he does in this one as well, doesn't he? he to be yeah. fair, he, he again, he puts Jericho over saying he's a good young athlete. Isn't six pretty young at this point as well? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's, I think he was a teenager when he was in WWF. Probably about the same age, weren't they? He said he's a good young athlete and all this. And he said he's NWO for life. And he's, oh, this is a brist. Just a bit of a fluffy promo from him, just not not something and nothing really. He said he said you'll he'll be crucified for the sins of WCW. 
what's Jericho done in that 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 point towards it? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, Feeney says he's going to be the cruiserweight champ soon. It's like you know, he's not Jericho's not the cruiserweight champ, mate. You can't win it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the DBS bits are good, and then the, the bits from the guys are not the best. <laughs> I know. Why do you think? Why do you think they make DBS talk more? Yeah. Well, he doesn't. He hadn't been talking enough recently, had he? So it's nice to actually hear the geezer speak for a bit. I know because he's he's the one that sort of keeps it balanced, yeah, keeps it real, doesn't he? Keeps it keeps yeah. it really good. Unless comedy. Um, so Jericho's out with his classic tune. It is a good tune, to be fair, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and he starts he starts to shout. He's like, "Come on, baby!" You know that kind of shout, doesn't he? That reminds me of what he's like now, though. <laughs> yeah, he's over he's... his foot. He gets a massive pop. Yeah, he does. And he, it, the crowd's into him, aren't they? You know, they, they like that when he gets his, you know, back into the crowd and stuff. They're all getting involved. Bobby Nikki... spoils it again, doesn't he? He says, "Oh, there's no way the NWO are going to let Six lose that he's opening his debut match." And I'm thinking, for fuck's sake, <laughs> he just <didn't> <laughs> <know>. <laughs> he can't help himself, can he? <laughs> he no. just generally can't help himself. But then, then you see Nicky Patrick on ref duty, and you're thinking, oh, "Dodgy dealings here. Are we, we going to see a bit more of that? A bit more." Of, well, that's um... it. Bobby says that. You see Nick Patrick, you are right. Figured it out already. <laughs> the thing is with this one, I wasn't really, I didn't really have much hype for it or anything. And it, for me, have chance to really, uh, to be fair. For me, because of that, it did fall slightly flat. Yeah. For me, for me, that is. I'm not sure why. I don't know if it's just because I just didn't think they meshed that well. I what think they were too reckon? similar. Yeah, that, I, yeah, that's it. There, there wasn't enough differentiate. Different, different sort of styles in the match or anything like that. No, you can get a clash of styles, but sometimes you get. Do you know when it's like like Ray and Dean are not the same? Like they do all. similar, like you know, like the spin kicks and stuff like that. They do a lot of the yeah. similar moves, and I think that's probably why I got a bit not bored, but a bit like, oh, right, okay, a bit tedious at times. I think like Dean and Ray is like that perfect clash of styles where yeah. you know they're, they're just different enough for it to. Yeah, that's it to work but they're similar enough that they can you know they're both on the same sort of wavelength yeah that's some nice mat work to start just feeling each other out six grabs a vicious headlock and hammerlock reversals jericho rolls under a wheel kick and cuts to bubba conehead and sullivan in the crowd in his incognito mode he's like (laughs) he's going what what no i'm not conad what you on about i've got my sunglasses on <laughs> There's a nice, a nice uh, monkey flip, and six takes the arm. It was very pacey, very pacey to start. Yeah, with. he works it, kicks it, savage chops, splash. Jezza gets kicked off the top outside. There's a somersault, Pescado, Pescado puts Jezza into the rail. He stomps him proper, chops and kicks combo. Do you know that kick combo he used to do his X pack where he sort yeah. of does a spinning back kick kind of thing? I thought yeah. I always like that spot. I love it. Proper classic Waltman in it. Yeah. The chin lock, uh, it escapes. He catches six with a wheel kick, but six kicks him. So he catches six's wheel kick, and then he sort of does like an inverted in Sigari and, and kicks him with the other leg. I thought that, that was, was great. There were some great spots in it, don't get me wrong. Um, it was some really it nice was stuff. more of a spot match, wasn't it, though? Yeah, that's that was what I think that was what it was for me. It's a cold match, you couldn't really have, there was nothing going yeah. into it other than the NWO WCW thing, but there was. There was no heat to it. It wasn't personal like a Savage Hogan or, a, yeah. you know, whoever. He chokes Jericho with his boot and he drops the elbow on his throat over the apron. Uh, misses a corner charge and, and Jericho starts to come back with punches, a backdrop, a back kick. He misses by a mile, but six still bumps out. 
Very uh, 2022. <laughs> Springboard crossbody out by Jericho. Get, gives it a, come on, baby! <laughs> Sixes into the rail. The back in. It's a flying back elbow for two. Sixes up top and dives into the drop kick by Jezza, like I said, and I've said it a million times, no matter who does that spot, I love it. Yeah, it's good. Patrick takes four years and nine days to get down to the count. <laughs> <laughs> he does. It's a face plant. Jericho does a lion salt and a lovely bridge pin for a very slow one count. <laughs> not, even, not even trying to hide it anymore, are they? <laughs> no, they fuck. Springboard, springboard crossbody and only gets a two when he's had him down for about five. Yeah, they're counting it as well, aren't they? The commentary. <laughs> <laughs> Jericho berates old Nicky P. He turns back and gets a wheel kick for his troubles for three. <laughs> I thought it was a nice match in terms of a cold match. You know, it was like it, like, you, like we said, it was a bit spotty. It was more spots for the sake of spots, but yeah, it wasn't I mean, egregious. It. Like it wasn't a shit match. I just no, just no. It, I thought it, it. I don't know if it just sort of I had. I had expectations of it just because I know how good they both can be and it just didn't quite live up. But I think the best thing in the match was Patrick. Yeah, probably. And that's never a good sign, really, is it? Uh, no. <laughs> Nicky Patrick gets, you know, he gets a bit of stick from Jericho. He's fuming, obviously. And then he helps six to the back. I know. <laughs> not even <laughs> trying to hide it. <laughs> not, not, not even trying anymore. So, yeah, I, mean, I, I didn't mind it as much. I just, I just, I just probably just went into it thinking it would be a little bit better than it was. <laughs> Something that was never going to be good, though, was um, this backstage promo next. Let's go to Mike. Thanks very much, Tony. Total package, Lex Luger. Showdown time is here. Your rivalry really intensified with Arn Anderson, and you've promised tonight at Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc not only to defeat Arn Anderson, but to hurt the man and put him up in that torture rack. You know, really didn't need to come down to this. But Arn, you wanted to start pointing fingers. You wanted to lay the blame for war games, so be it. I said I'd accept the blame, but that wasn't good enough for you. So you had to throw down the gauntlet. You planted the seeds, Arn, and now the crop has harvested, and it's not a garden of flowers. It's cactus. It's thickets of things that you'll never want to see from Lex Luger, because Arn Anderson, you've questioned my intestinal fortitude. You've questioned my courage. You've tested everything and questioned everything that I stand for. And now, Arn, you're going to see a total package that you've never seen before. You've seen a man that is going to come unglued. It's time for the total package. Somebody in WCW to make a stand around here. I'm sick and tired of everybody running each other down, jumping each other's backs. Well, now, Arn Anderson, you're going to see a side of me. Oh, my gosh, Arn Anderson. You know what? I'm going to the ring right now with one intent. I'm going to say it one more time. It didn't have to come this, but Arn, I'm not only going to beat you, I'm not only going to rack you, but I'm going to take you out and I'm going to hurt you. The time is here. Let's go to the ring and Dave Penzer for Lex Luger. Mike Tanay's back there again with Luger. It's all Doc Brown hairdo, don't he? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's absolutely... It's just man- manic, that hair, and it's all over the place. It's just like... <laughs> He started it all right. He started it okay, I thought. And he was saying it didn't need to come to this. And and he and he said that, you know, he, he rightly he said he accepted the blame for war games, but that wasn't enough for Arn. And then he just lost it, completely lost it. He's talking about <laughs> seeds being planted and then growing into a cactus. 
And I was just like, what is this guy on about? I, I didn't know, if, like, if he was, like, trying to say that they were trying to plant the seeds of, like, a, an alliance, but then it became something different. I, I, I didn't quite get the analogy. Was that, what did you think of it? What I got from it was he said the seeds have been sown, but it's not growing into a flower garden. It's growing into a cactus, so it's spiky and will damage and hurt things and stuff. I think that's what he's trying to say. I just put what? It's random as fuck. (laughs) He says Arne's questioned everything he stands for. He's going to be a leader. There was actually some fire. I'm like, fucking hell, he's a real-life boy. What's going on? Pinocchio. (laughs) He's a real boy. (laughs) He repeats himself and goes off-piste a little bit, and he wraps it up. By Luger's standards, it wasn't bad. But that's by Luger standards. So. I say he started it all right, and then he just he completely lost his way. Yeah, um, he's like him and Sting are very similar. It's like they sort of tail off, and they don't know how to wrap the fucking thing up. Yeah. So it's just weird. Yeah, it's it's an odd one. <laughs> and Arn comes down with the classic, like like you call it, drive time tune. And wearing <laughs> that jacket as well, I'm just thinking, fucking hell, Arn, you're turning to Clarkson, man. Yeah. The best performer. In the world, <laughs> <laughs> and that arms in obviously, as you say, he's in that that denim vest. I don't know why he was wearing that. I've never seen him wear anything like that ever on any of the shows. And reaction for Luger's pretty good, to be fair, as it normally is. He's pretty fucking over, isn't he? It's not. It's not Tarrant, though. No, eighty-eight mile an hour. Lex comes down. Doc Brown, Lord wouldn't wouldn't top. That's where I saw the tombstone with Crockett on the back, and that's yeah. proper proper Bischoff touch, that isn't it. Yeah, of course it is. Dick. Can Jurgen make Arn quit? That is the question. That's the whole. That's the whole build, isn't it? Really. That's it. There's no tape on Luger, so he's uh, apparently he's, you know, he's been he's been run sealed. There's no splinters. <laughs> it starts off quite hot. Boots and clubs by Arn. There's a gut shot. Stomps. It's all Arn for for the first sort of couple of minutes. Yeah. And Lex hooks up with his press slam. Clothesline outside, which I thought, you know, DQ, but because if we're going off that logic that they always have, yeah, there's a boot. logic in WCW. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. He posts Arn's back because it's like, right, well, you fuck my back up, so I'm going to fuck your back up. So he's working Arn's back, which was a nice bit of the story. Yeah, there's a power slam, elbows to the back, hard shots to the back. Arn sells fucking brilliantly because yeah. everything he does is mint. It's a backbreaker for two. He catches Arn on top and pounds the back. Desperation spine buster by Arn Anderson, and they're both down. Fucking spine lovely. On the pine. It was lovely, wasn't it? That's the one. Literally, no, the spine of a pine. He is- <laughs> <laughs> so they go outside, Arn's in control. He throws him back first into the apron and the rail and the post. Vicious. Big knees and punch. Yeah, it was vicious. It was fucking brilliant. Just absolute top tier. Big knees and punches to the back. There's an uh, abdominal stretch with a rope. That classic spot. Love that. Love that. Yeah, it's just so cheeky in it. So like, it's just so simple but effective in it. He doesn't do it as comically as Paige does because Paige no. does the, the uh, 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 yeah the face and everything right. with it. Yeah, yeah. There's a big attempt for a DDT, but Luger's holding the ropes. And there's a bit of back and forth, bit of brawling, and Arn shoves Luger, who bumps Mark Curtis. So the refs down. So Lex is outside and Arn grabs a chair. He misses the chair shot and hits the post with a chair and gets uh, slingshotted into the post for his troubles. Bit of a slow catapult slingshot, wasn't it? Oh, God, it took four hours. <laughs> and then he gets a vertical suplex on the floor. And the baby face, Lex Luger, 
batters arms back with a chair. Proper Hogan, Duggan, fucking levels of baby face. <laughs> the tape or the dust for Hogan, isn't it? <laughs> he gets him in the rack and Arn quits. Yeah. And Luger will not stop. Is this a heel turn for Luger, maybe? I like that, though, to be fair. He, he, there was the whole thing about him not leaving this, leaving the hold in the other week, and he did it this time, and it was like it was because it was personal. I thought that was a good touch. And it made me a bit sad because... They dealt with it legitimately. Like Flair and Jarrett are down. As a, it's a stretcher job. Yeah. And sadly, this is the last big match Arn Anderson will ever have on a pay per view. Is that it now? That's absolutely good in that, isn't it? I think he wrestles sporadically uh, and he retires in sort of August next year, August 97. Was that, was that just like, what was that then? Was, was that writing him off or was it genuine injuries in that match or? Just like wear and tear on the boat road or something. I don't know, but I think we need uh, an Iron Anderson retrospective. <laughs> he's not dead, but he's not no, dead. I mean, like, do you know, like, go and watch some of his old matches and have like yeah. an Iron Anderson bonus episode because he's happy to do that. Him. Yeah, we'll he's watch some uh, brain busters in the WWF as well. Him and Tully and stuff would be cool. Yeah, that'd be good. Now, yeah, the Horsemen will want revenge. Yeah, what, what, how how's that gonna is, is that gonna be? It's uh, still gonna be ongoing, then. Do you think? I'm assuming so because there's a lot going on within the sort of WCW as as we'll see later. Like without the NWO being there, yeah. So it's the Horsemen have got every motherfucker and his dog. Yeah. After the moment, but yeah, I, mean, I thought it was an all right match. To be fair, good good story yeah. at times, good psychology with both trying to sort of almost take each other out, try to, yeah. you know, break each other's backs in a way. It was a nice pace to it. There was there was some real viciousness from Arn, as you, as you come to expect. And I thought Luger did all right. I mean, like we said, when you get Luger in there with someone decent, you you, you, you tend to get an all right match. Never, It's never going to be a five-star or anything classic or anything like that, but I thought it was pretty damn good. No, but there are, there are certain people who can pull it out of him. Definitely, oh, Flair, Flair and Arn definitely being two of them. Yeah, I think I think it was I think it was pretty good to be fair, and I like I like the finish as well. Obviously, bearing the the baby face being a bit naughty, but it could be the the, the early sort of things like you said of a heel turn potentially. We'll have to see. But uh, it was dealt with legitimately, and it looked legitimate, and it you know it made you feel something. So yeah, definitely. So after that, then we go back to old Tony the Tiger. He's with the Harlem boys in the back. Let's find out what's on the mind of these men. Shut up, man. You know, like our great football teams, everybody has a position. You know, I'm at the running back, big brother here at Nose Guard, sister Sherry quarterback. And the colonel put this whole thing together. NWO, a couple of wannabe thugs. When you walking across 110th Street and me and my brother, guess what? We gonna jump you two suckers in tonight. Harlem style, tell them, baby. If you want some of us, get them ready, because we will be waiting at the ring, sucker. Everybody is ready. In fact, let's go to the ring for more great... He gets told to shut up, but he's like, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, very classic Harlem heat, in it? Just talking pure trash, saying the MWO, a bunch of punks and, and all this. And, the, the, you know, if they're waiting for a fight tonight in the ring, and they better be prepared. I thought, I thought it was all right. Nothing. Booker was good. Yeah, Booker was all right. Stevie, not the best, but... Less so, yeah. He's never great, was he on the on the mic? <laughs> Booker's pretty. I love Booker's intensity in these little backstages. He's he's just got like yeah, he's awesome. There's, there's that thing about Booker where there's just that. Is he going to fuck up here? 
is he going to make? Because obviously he's got that quintessential moment. You know, everyone knows about the promo in the back. Is he going to? Is he going to say something like that? <laughs> um, I think that's I just, part of the, that's part of his charm, isn't it? It's like yeah. it's like when I, like first time I ever saw the Libertines, where it's like, is this just going to end abruptly with some <laughs> madness? Anytime so it just feels like he's on the verge of falling apart at any given moment. And Booker's <laughs> like that. Is he? Is he just going to come out with something extremely just? controversial <laughs> yeah you never know do you but yeah i thought it was all right backstage segment a lot of, like i said with a lot of them tonight when it was broken up a lot by backstages or those nwo bits and stuff but then we get a match that i don't think anyone asked for but uh, <laughs> but i was, was fucking like... glad i got it <laughs> but, uh, that, it was it was one of them it was like is this going to be absolutely horrendous or is it going to be quite good and quite funny it uh, was a possible gatu so it really was <laughs> so it's the uh, the old faces of fear with Jimmy Hart <laughs> versus Benoit and the king of the briefcases, Steve Briefcase Wanker, <laughs> <laughs> with Roboto and woman. <laughs> and Mongo Mongo comes out and he's like, "This is personal, Jimmy Hart. Where, where what, where's that come from? Is it, where's the rivalry between them two? <laughs> no idea. I just think Mongo's like he's only got one setting, hasn't he? It's like, <laughs> Mongo, come on, come on. It's a big, big Super Bowl game. Come on, just kill these people. Have <laughs> we seen the size of them? They've actually got massive animal skulls attached to their new jackets. What's going yeah. on? <laughs> I just thought Mongo could be, you know, just solid gold in this match, not for the right reasons, but. No. Uh... <laughs> So we get to start, we get Mongo and Mengo. <laughs> <laughs> and the absolute shits himself from a kick that Meng does. <laughs> These two big fuckers just have a shoulder ba- shoulder block battle. Yeah, just running into each other. <laughs> and then that fucking lame three-point stance thing he does yeah. completely takes Meng down and he takes a great bump, to be fair. <laughs> Barb's in and Benoit's in. Bab mauls him, absolutely mauls him. Yeah, vicious as fucking. Eh? You don't. To be fair, we don't actually comment enough about Bab. He's fucking just as, just as fucking stiff and rags people. Great. Yeah. I love him. <laughs> Genuinely love him. So Benoit, it's an absolute beautiful Northern Light suplex with a bridge, and then he headbutts him, and he and he sells it. He sells the headbutt he's just given to Bab because it's yeah. that. Weird trope of like Samoans and Tongans and whatnot having granite like craniums. It's fucking <laughs> stupid. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> he rolls out of Barb's Boston Crab attempt and stumps a mud hole. Mongo and Mango are back in, back in and they do some fucking weird sumo shit. <laughs> that was <laughs> fucking so weird. That <laughs> what I was laughing my bollocks off. <laughs> but Meng, Meng wins that clearly. Uh, but Mongo gets two pretty brutal chop blocks on him. Vicious, I know. And he does it to Meng and uh, gets a. He, he does, sorry, he does it to Barb as well and gets a big Meng boot. And he <laughs> gives double head butts and a slam boots clubs a drop kick by Mongo and he goes for a second and Meng just sidesteps it, swats him out of the way. Meng misses a somersault. His dropkick was so bad, wasn't it? Oh, it was fucking <laughs> dreadful. Meng misses a somersault and Benoit's in. Mad chops, but he gets that amazing backdrop power bomb. Popped me. That's Drop one of the new. That's one of my new favourite spots. That I think. I, I genuinely think it could be. If that was a finisher, that would be fucking legitimately yeah. amazing. It should have only, only gets two. Only gets two. Though it's weird. Yeah. 
To be fair though, between between doing the move and the count, they were like they knew that was good, and he just postured a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Men crotches Benoit and Barb's big overhead belly to belly off the top, and he literally froze him to the other side of the fucking ring. That was fucking crazy. That he absolutely launched him. He, I thought he was going to go into orbit at one point. <laughs> the was, problem is because it's Benoit. You go, ah, right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> any any stiff sort of fucking shit that Benoit takes, you kind of go, mm, looks yeah. mint, but you know, hindsight, yeah. <laughs> only for two. Fuck off. That should, again should have been the finish. I suppose it got broke up again, didn't it? It did, but still. Double diving her top rope headbutts and Mongo saves. Vertical suplex and splash combination. And Mongo pull, pulls Benoit out and fucking levers Meng with a briefcase. Yeah. Like, levers him. <laughs> silly bastard. Now, let's be honest. If they've got such hard heads, Meng should have just no sold. <laughs> That's what made me think maybe it was it was a work. <laughs> I think yeah, Mongo got away with it. <laughs> Swan dive headbutt by Benoit for three. I fucking loved it. It was absolutely mental. It was funny, wasn't it? It was a really fun, just chaotic match. I fucking loved it. <laughs> <laughs> and Mongo didn't like harm it in any way. He was just funny. He, <laughs> yeah. he, had, he had three solid guys in there. Obviously, Benoit's quality. Meng's just Meng and Barb are just absolute units, but professional. And Mongo didn't. I mean, he he, he did sort of stand out a bit, didn't he? But as as being a bit shit. <laughs> but that sort of was added to the charm of it. I thought it was quite funny. Um, I think he can get away with shit in matches like this with two guys that are known for being a bit stiff. So he's it's probably he's probably like, oh god, good, I can just go mad and play yeah. this one here. Well, nobody cares, right? Yeah, that's it. And then. Um, Barb absolutely nails nails them back with the case as well. So it's all kicking off, and the, the dungeon equipment. There's, there's quite a big influence on the dungeon in this episode, aren't they? You know, they were in the crowd again, and 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 Sullivan, and uh, I think it was Sullivan, Bubba, Conan. and Conan, um, <laughs> all in the crowd. They all raced in, all absolute hell breaking loose, beating the shit out of um, Benoit and Mongo, and then Meng pile drives him on the briefcase. Yeah, that was nasty, wasn't it? That was really good, actually. I, like that. I thought, I thought it was heating up, and I thought the horsemen have had an absolute fucking shocker for a start. Yeah, but the dungeon actually worked, and it it, it was it was serious, and it wasn't gimmicky. It was, it, I was actually it was like, Jimmy like, R. Yeah, yeah, it was decent. And you had like the serious members. You had like Conrad's a bit ropey, but he, he don't come out in some daft gimmick anymore. Yeah. Well, it does, but it's it's more like a everyday walk of life yeah. kind of gimmick. Yeah, and it was it was just a lot more serious. There was no fucking leprechaun running around. There was no Sullivan, my son. All that <laughs> shit. No Sullivan freak, had a little suit freak. on. <laughs> exactly. No fake eyebrows. No nothing. Yeah. And I yeah, thought right. I can get I can get on board with this. Yeah, I don't mind that version of it if they stay like that. But can Hugh Morris will be back next week, won't he? See, you need to <laughs> fucking bin bag him off. Been bagged the leprechaun, who, to be fair, we've only seen twice. Who else That's in the dungeon? Two, two times too many. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it definitely is. But who else is in the dungeon? Just, just the guys in the ring, other than, and them two. I think. I can't think of anyone else. I, I could. Oh, Tenter was, but he's gone. Yeah, Tenter's gone now. He's long gone at this point. I don't even know if he's still in the company. <laughs> That's probably not. But yeah, like, like I say, I don't mind him if they're going to be serious and actually get a heat like that. But it was. It was all right. It was a good, a good afterbirth when you 
a lot of the times on end uh, on WCW, the afterbirths are a bit shit. This one, this one works. Yeah, um, both of them did. Both Horsemen based. It's it's Horsemen based, though, isn't it? They, they always seem to pull out of the bag. That's true. So after that absolute comedy session, it was just a funny match. We get DiBiase in the crowd again. Well, let me see if my math is right so far tonight. It's NWO two, WCW nothing. Two down and two to go. And next on the list is a match for the World Tag Team titles. Soon to be the NWO World Tag Team titles. In Harlem Heat, there's nothing you can do about what's about to happen to you. Because you see, ever since the NWO has arrived on the scene, we have not failed one time to deliver when we said we were going to do something. We zero in. And we go and we do it. There's going to be a lot of guys waking up tomorrow from the night going, I'll get them next time. I'll get them next time. Well, we don't need a second time or a third time. We get it done the first time. And tonight, Harlem Heat, it's going to get real hot. And you're next on the hit list. So without any further ado, let me introduce to you the next NWO World Tag Team Champion, Paul and Nash. The Outsiders! And he's saying that NWO are 2-0 and tonight. Two down, two to go. Tag titles are up next. And he said that NWO hasn't, hasn't, hasn't failed to deliver one since they arrived. I suppose he's pretty right, to be it's fair. True. Um, yeah. well, he just says they get it done first time. They don't need second or third chances. Yeah, good. I mean, DBS is great, isn't he, to be fair. Yeah. Um, he really is. So it's tag titles next. Harlem Heat with Sherry and Parker versus Hall and Nash, the Outsiders. And I have to say this, Nash in his black and red trim gear this time looked like absolute money. Yep. He looked absolutely mint. And they looked unbelievable as a unit. One small gripe, the tassels. If you got rid of the tassels and it was just black and Yeah, if it was predominantly black with red trim, then, you know, I'm nearly nearly there. Yeah, with red (laughs) piping. With blood red piping. I'm nearly, I'm very nearly there on the Nash gear. He's, he's, it's like he always has to do something to annoy me, though, for some reason. <laughs> he always had tassels, didn't he? Have tassels when he was diesel as well. Yeah, and I thought that was shit as well. To be fair, <laughs> so they they look unbelievable as a unit. I thought coming down from the crowd, I thought that was like they, did. they looked great with the music playing and everything. I think um, Nash looked, Nash and Hall looked even more handsome than usual as a pair in today. They did, they did actually. Good-looking bastards pair of them, really. Yeah. yeah. And Harlem are out there again. This was just a match of just two tag teams I really like, to be fair. I know outsiders aren't going to be aren't like classics or anything like that, but I just think that as a unit, they look great together. And same with Harlem. No quintessential well, you, pay-per-view. See, I've, I've said I know, I, know, I know Nash and Hall will win because this is a bad omen. They're not in the quintessential. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they had the sort of... What do you call it? The quality street, the red quality street on this week. <laughs> um, I never. I, I, they still look good though, don't they? To be fair, they look awesome. Yeah, they always do. They um, always do. Talking trash, music's playing, big fight feel to this one. I thought. Do you know what? I've literally put genuinely has a big fight feel. I swear yeah. to God. Just before, just before that, I put a dusty echoes our sentiments about Colonel Robert Parker go to the back. <laughs> just get him out of here. <laughs> He's pointless. Sherry matched them though, didn't he? Sherry had like the same clothes, like similar gear on and stuff. 
she works with him. I don't. He just he just looks like a KFC mascot or something. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> he's just a waste of time. Speaking of which, I uh, Saturday night, mate, I got a bucket of hot wings, twenty hot wings. <laughs> I only had six of them. I fell asleep, and I had a cold. I had fourteen cold hot wings for my breakfast. <laughs> you dirty dog! <laughs> oh, it, was, it was it was filth, and I was watching I was watching this on Sunday morning. Loving it, took it away. Um, but yeah, like like we were saying, then I just I just had a nice feel to it. You know, like you said, a big fight moment, something that, that they've sort of been building a little bit throughout the weeks and stuff. And then the outside always adds to it as well. Always yeah, adds to it. Outsiders were trying the belts on for size. I thought that was fun. Yeah, I just want to bring something up about the nose plasters, right? Yeah, because I've seen when I was on my little research missions, as I, as I tend to do. Someone was saying that when they wore the nose plasters, that was like a racist thing because Ahmed Johnson wore a nose plaster and Harlem Heat wore a nose plaster. But to me, as an English person, my only reference with the nose plasters is Robbie Fowler. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. to me, it was never about race. It was just a daft thing that just, a certain sportsman used to wear. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah that, so, like, there's anything in that. Unless it's like it, a cultural it, thing, you know, I don't see why it would be. I don't know because fucking Robbie Fowler's about as cultural as me left bollock, isn't he? So it's like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like my only reference point for a nose plaster was Robbie Fowler in the nineties, and he's like a white scouser for anyone who, who doesn't watch football or isn't English. And he was wearing him <laughs> because of all scousers as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, him and McManaman. <laughs> I, had to, I had to listen to a podcast with McManaman on the other day. It was hard, hard listening. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that was my only reference point. So to me, it was just something that certain sports people wore as a yeah. as a sort of help. It's That's not like they were it doing was, it the entire time. It was just a one off gimmick, wasn't it? They just did it to take the pace out for. Yeah. So I just I just wanted to bring that up in case in case someone says, "Oh, you're laughing at them wearing a nose plaster and blah 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 blah." <laughs> But to me, to me, it was just like the, the fucking Robbie Fowler job. <laughs> That's it. So, um, what do you think of this one then? Because I thought it started off pretty, pretty decent. My my first take from this was no Nick Patrick. Yeah. So it starts with Booker and Hall. There's a lock up, and then old Booker T pulls out an eight point one on the steamboat. Ooh, Booker! It was nice. It was nice. You can't, you know, you know what you're going to get from Booker. Booker's quality. Yeah, he's one yeah. of them. He's. I wouldn't say he was like a standout of technicality, but everything he does, he does well. If you know yeah. what I mean, he he's knows got, what he, he can he's do. He's got natural charisma as well, hasn't he? Oh, the yeah. I'm just talking about in ring purely. Yeah, like yeah. he he doesn't seem to do anything that doesn't suit him. Yeah, he doesn't. Like, he he keeps it simple for him for his move set, and he yeah. he does it really well. He knows his shit, and he does it fucking spot on. But I've never seen him part an arm drag. I don't think, not to my recollection, and it was it was beautiful. Should do more of them, Hall, shouldn't he? He should. Hall works the arm and the reversals, and then a hook kick by Booker, which was lovely. Hall hits those absolute top tier rights. I think he throws one of the best punches. He's got one of the best working punches going on here. Yeah, amazing. I mean, I don't know what it's like to take, obviously, but it looks yeah. mint. Yeah, it does. It does. There's a hammerlock reversals, and then they do that hip toss reversal. Sort of spot and hauls out, and uh, Stevie Ray clocks him. Yep. And Hall spits at Stevie and tags <laughs> out the chicken shit. Love it. <laughs> Nash side knees in the deal. <laughs> elbows. <laughs> Back elbows. Yeah, yeah. Another elbow and a lariat by Stevie. 
<laughs> and then he spits at Hall and works over Big Kev. And Sherry starts pulling his hair. Yeah. <laughs> Big scissor. Go on. I just love the side knees in the deal. <laughs> it just cracks me up. Every, every time. <laughs> Fucking flipper punch. <laughs> side slam. <laughs> one of these days, I'm just going to have to clip that and just put it on somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny, isn't it? <laughs> There's a big scissor kick by Booker for two. Side slam by Nash. <laughs> 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 and he tags out. <laughs> Second rope, Rick Steiner Bulldog by Hall for two. Yeah. So Lariat and tags in Booker. Flying see, elbow that, for two. You know, so Bobby was like turning towards the NWO at the point of this match. I think I think Bobby just finds it difficult not to cheer on the heels. <laughs> He's just they naturally just tuned into it, isn't he? <laughs> There's a nice chin lock and he proper works it. There's clubs to the back by Nash. Nash is now in. Big boot. Snake eyes. Moves three and four. <laughs> I can't, yeah, but when you when you when you're watching him, you're thinking, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, this is exactly <laughs> he can't help it. <laughs> Booker staggers into a hall clothesline for a big pop. Hall choke slams for two. I've never seen him do a choke slam before, which was interesting. Mm. Does a sack of shit. Sherry's on the apron. Hall kisses her. Touche. <laughs> she likes to. She likes to kiss the uh, the baby yeah, faces. So, back. but I thought him kissing her was quite a baby face move. Because yeah, you see that because like, with the heel. It was manager. more like it was more like NWO working babyface in this one in a way. They were working uh, babyface. After the spit in the face, other than that, it was pretty much they were working babyface, weren't they? Yeah, NWO were more over than Thailand for some reason. The crowd, the crowd's dead into the NWO at this point, aren't they? Yeah, there's yeah. a spin kick by Booker. Audible razor chance. Yeah, <laughs> there's a sleeper trade off, and Booker gets crotched, gets two. There's a collision. Both are down. Tag to Stevie. No fucking pop whatsoever. Yeah. Flat. Cleans up. Press slam. Slings Hall onto Nash, who then gets a close lined out. Harlem hangover. Lovely. Ref distracted, getting Parker, uh, getting Booker out, because obviously Booker wasn't the legal man. Yeah. Parker's in. Gets gripped by Nash and just gives him the cane. <laughs> Chicken shit bastards. <laughs> He lamp, uh, Nash lamps Stevie and Hall rolls over to pin for free. Massive pop, big time pop. That was um, that was the Tarrant pop of the night, John. Yep, and do you know what? Fully deserved. Yep, fully it was. Deserved. Um, I, I thought uh, I, I thought the the finish was slightly messy with the the Parker stuff, and it always tends to be that Parker that's the one who fucking it up. I don't know if it's well. We've said I guarantee Parker's the guy that makes them lose the belts down the line, and they fuck yeah. him off. I bet that's what happened. coming a mile off. Yeah, yeah I, I guarantee right. Nitro. Yeah, probably. I thought I thought it was a lot better than I expected. A yeah, I thought, I thought it was. I thought it was a good story. I think. I think they all. Everyone got their stuff in. And get the shit in, Brian Cage style. Uh, especially, uh, <laughs> especially, um, especially Nash. Uh, I don't know if he got the hair flipping. Did he get the hair flipping at any point? That's that's five, isn't it? He did, I think he did that about three or four times before the did bell he? went. To be fair. <laughs> He didn't do the jackknife either, so he didn't get the full six in, which is um, which is a shame. And he didn't he didn't see bag anybody, so <laughs> yeah, I thought it was. Do you know what? I thought it was really. I just thought it had that a big fight feel to it. I enjoyed it. I got into it, and I think I think the right team won going forward. 
you've got the grounds for a rematch down the line, which I think is good. And maybe, maybe, fingers crossed, that'll be the end of Parker with, with Harlem Heat. <laughs> I fucking hope so. I mean, my takeaway from it, other than it was a lot better than I expected, was thank fuck it wasn't against Public Enemy. God, yeah. Can you imagine how shit that would have been? <laughs> been uh, we, I'd, have had, I'd have had to skip. <laughs> yeah, because it, it just wouldn't have felt... It's, no one would have given a fuck, would they? If, you know what I mean? That, no. Them two yeah. coming together, two really good over teams, that works. Um, even though if the in-ring stuff isn't like, you know, Bret Hart or Ric Flair levels or anything like that, you know... You... Or Road Dog. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, it's. Um, it, I thought it was fun. I enjoyed it, to be fair. Then, then we get a World War Three promo package, which is our next pay-per-view. And then it cuts to a Hollywood cretin, and he has a mic. I guess we're going to go to him right now. Yo, yo, yo! It's time for Hollywood! I can't hear you! He's got feathers! Look at that. That's almost like a haircut that Sting used to have. No, it's not Hogan, Hogan, Hogan. It's Hollywood! Hollywood, brothers! Maybe those are just nerve ends. Yo, NWOites, I just got done with my brand new Three Ninja movie. On November 8th, my brand new movie, Santa with Muscles, opens up, brother. And I got tired of body slamming Hollywood this week. So I decided to come back one more time and body slam a long lost lovesick puppy named the Macho Man. Ooh, yeah! There's only one thing left to say NWO rules, and it's time for Hollywood! Well, here it comes. He says, Yo, yo, yo! Jesus fucking Christ. He's 40 years old, mate. He's older than that. Whatever old he is. <laughs> he, look, he looks fucking ridiculous. More than usual. That hair, talks, that wig he had on. He talks complete shite. Goes on about his two dog shit films, Three Ninjas and Santa with Muscles, for fuck's sake. He's supposed to be in the cool fucking heel team, and you'd go on about a fucking film called Santa with Muscles. <laughs> It's not like the Terminator or something like that. Like proper cool name, is it? Oh man, it was it was absolutely woeful, but mercifully you know short. What, do you know what I thought when I was looking at it? His arms looked tiny. He looked really yeah, small. He looks like a little weed now, doesn't he? Compared yeah, to like Luger. Yeah, Luger's huge compared to him. His arms were like weedy. Is that you know he does does that twenty four inch pythons and all that? They didn't look like that to me. He looks small. And then we get it. We get Hulk Hogan versus Savage. That fucking wig, fucking Michael Buffer. Can I skip this? Sure. It, it's it, possibly the worst main event we've seen, other than the giant one. The giant one was worse. Yeah, the it giant really one was worse. worse. Other than that, this Savage was, did his best blessing. The, you can't. There's there's only so much you can do with this. Hogan is Hogan just doesn't know how to play heel, does he? No, he can't do it. He's so bad. It's all it was, over the top comedy. Yeah. Oh, comedy though. 
it was all like it was so there was so much standing around time that I wanted. there was no actual match. It was it was similar in a way to that giant match where it was him jumping outside, he was doing this, he was taunting. It was one of them where it's like used to have had good matches before in the past. Like, what yeah. what are we doing here? Like, come on. He takes that chicken shit heel thing and just he does too much, does it yeah. to a death. Yeah. Yeah. You've, it's all right doing it for the first two or three minutes, but it's just the entire match. Come say that Hall and Nash have been kicked out of the building. They had a skirmish with security, it said. <laughs> like to have seen that over than this match. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> uh, they start playing Savage's tune during Hogan's intro, which was quite funny. Yeah. There's a massive pop for Randy, looks mint, and he gets a proper Pink Floyd concert for $5,000. <laughs> <laughs> he looked great, didn't he, to be fair, in that outfit. Uh, and for fuck's sake... He's got a fucking monster truck. <laughs> what is it? What is it with having cars and monster trucks? It's so. What was the point I've, of that? I've no idea. To be fair, though, his is the best one. It actually looks like him. <laughs> it looks. It looks cool, but it's just like, what is this obsession with monster trucks and WCW? It's just Bischoff in it. He loves like big engines and big cars and whatever and bikes, and he's obsessed with it. <laughs> yeah. So <sighs> Savage gets on the mic and he says. Get you two goons out of there. That was a poor impression. Get you, he says something like, get get you two goons and your bag carriers and your stooges out of there so I can kick your ass. Yeah. And then they bend the giant off. The giant gets binned off. Why? And then this man, why? why oh, the baby face told me to get rid of him, so he's going to go. doesn't have a manager's license like uh, DBOC. That's the old the old classic, isn't it? Is that what they say? I didn't hear that. Is that what they say? Like... Well, that's what they always say when they used to get get someone in there like little crew this daft fucking prick he's he still got his sun, sunglasses on <laughs> he looked he looked outrageously bad didn't he he looked so bad it takes about four fucking years to start yeah apparently Liz isn't even there and then <laughs> well yeah we'll get to that but then they say someone won this monster truck if you've won that monster truck, what the fuck can you do with it? <laughs> Where's that going to go? <laughs> Park on my drive. New, new car, Chris. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's taking well, the kids to school. <laughs> oh, shit. We've got no... Sandra, we've got no milk. Let me just nip nip to the shop in the mo- in the monster truck. <laughs> the fucking... The, oh, yeah, mobile. <laughs> so, finally, it starts. You get a headlock, a shoulder charge, and he fucking bails again. And then Heenan starts really putting over Hogan's heel turn like it was like the most shocking thing ever and all this jazz. What, the one he knew Savage, he way? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Savage, right? With all the build and everything that's happened to Savage in the past few weeks, Savage should be going fucking mental. Yeah. There's no intensity to it, was it, at all? There's nothing. No, it was wet as fuck. Hogan boots him, he clubs him. He's still got his fucking glasses on. The running clothesline gets kicks. Big booze and a back rake, the classic. Mm. Savage fires back and uh, double axe handles. His shades off. His shades fly off and he puts them on. <laughs> and it's and it's getting a, a bit pantomime now. And it's yeah. very Hogan, very Hogan. Yeah. He pulls his wig off and puts it on. Hogan bails, but fucking Randy follows and makes him eat the fucking wig. <laughs> He's behind up. you. I know. It's literally Cinderella at the Palace Theatre, isn't it? It's fucking... <laughs> he posts him. He gets a chair. He twats him. No DQ in full front of the other referee. Yeah. But then he Probably goes... One's okay. Yeah. 
and he tries to grab him on the second one. What is that all about? It makes no sense. One's okay, two bit much. Yeah. <laughs> Hogan barely sells it because he's back up and he clocks Savage. Then he gets a chair shot on him, posts him, gets a second chair shot, crotches him on the rail. Liz comes down with a one look on. <laughs> and she's wearing a dress that makes her look like a fucking pinata. <laughs> Similar colour scheme to, to Macho, though, wasn't it? I think that was what they were trying to go for. Yeah, it's like a fucking fruit salad, Lolly. <laughs> Liz distracts and savage schoolboys in for a big pop, but only gets a two. He pulls down Hogan's kecks. <laughs> Bare asses him. <laughs> and he's got a thong-shaped tan line. <laughs> The man wears a thong, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so they brawl out, and he uses Liz as a human shield. Twice. There's a slam, and he knees Hogan out. There's more floor brawling, more human shield action, and he throws her at Randy, and, and he clocks him. There's a big boot, and Liz is in, and she lays on Savage. Hogan grips her and puts her in the corner. Creepy as fuck. Yeah. Leg drop, but Randy moves. Hogan has a brass knucks, but they're taped up. Obviously, you know, he's hanging out with Duggan. <laughs> Jim, can I borrow your tape, brother? <laughs> Liz grabs the nooks, jumps out, and then Ted gets him off her. Savage gets a clothesline and the ref's bumped. Enter old Nick Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Macho comes back with a boot, a slam, and an absolute beaut of an elbow for two because Patrick is in too much pain to go down for three. Like, he goes to two and he, he can't get the third. Yeah. Savage rips his brace off, rips his shirt off. That's another 500. <laughs> I think that's a 1,000, that double, double offence. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Six-game six ban, bringing the game into disrepute. Hogan has the nooks, but Savage gets them off him and nails Hogan. He's up top for a second elbow, but Ted grabs his leg and Savage gives chase and here's the fucking giant. Chokeslam on the floor, puts Hogan on top of him for free. It was fucking weak. It was, it was piss poor, wasn't it? it was Considering really... the heat that has been generated over the preceding four to six weeks, it was fucking weak as fuck. Yeah, it was just there's just no quality to it. It was a decent show, and then a, a really shit main event. Really shit which, main event, which is a pattern we we yeah, getting it's, a lot. It's, it's just, I, do you know what it is? I mean, I think if I think if say say. Nah, I'm not saying that, but say Nash or Hall were the leader of the NWO, and they were in there with yeah. with with Savage. You know, you're going to get an all right match. But Hogan's just at yeah. this point, he's just dicking about in it. He don't give a fuck. He's getting his millions. He's doing the you shit. Got the money, brother. Doing a shit movie next week. So it's just he's just yeah. doing what he wants to do. Like you said, it was pantomime as fuck with the wig and the glasses, and it, it was just it you wasn't can't be serious. It wasn't a match. But the thing is, he's had serious matches before, and I mean, he's never good. He's never amazing in the ring, was he? Let's be brutally honest. But he knew how to work a match back in the day. Yeah, but and... he had McMahon who kept him in check, and now his Bischoff's just buzzing that he's got Hulk Hogan, isn't he? Yeah, it, it was one of them. It was just, it was, it was just a, a trope of WCW, wasn't it? Decent undercard, good undercard for the most part, and then a pretty fucking woeful main event. It was disappointing because I had that sort of that thing in the back of my head. Well, they've had good matches in the past, maybe, but I think at this point Hogan was well and truly checked out, wasn't he? Apart from when he got that re he got reinvigorated again with the the WWF return and stuff like that. But again, that was like the initial 
Like the rock match, the initial like face turn was great. And then it was the same old shit again. The yeah. initial heel turn was great, and then it's the same old shit again. Yeah. But it, it doesn't end there, does it, Mark? Hogan's wittering on in the ring. He fucking loves his own voice, this cunt. Oh, he just never shuts up, does he? And Piper's music hits. Now, I love Roddy Piper. I really do. But it's starting to look like fucking 80s WWF main event scene now, isn't it? It's like... Yeah, that's what it felt like. And Hogan oversells it to death like the fucking comical faces. How uh, talk about? Do you know what it is that buries the that buries the you know the shock entrance that for me? That yeah, face. of course, hundred percent. It's so cartoonish. It's fucking stupid. Just like wide-eyed, like oh my god, it was just embarrassing. And to be to be fair, Roddy gets a good pop, I guess. Um, you know, oh, it does. But again, it's just one of them where it's like. At this point, Roddy Piper, what, how old is he at this point? Do you know what I mean? Is he, is he is, but you've yeah. got to understand, like, guys in the 40s now, AJ Styles, etc. Yeah. It's a different, completely different type of wrestler and, to, like, modern medicine and stuff like that. You, you know, you can get guys in the 40s. That's why, like, people like Ronaldo and Ibrahimovic and whatnot are playing yeah. until, like, 40, well, really. Advancements of technology and science and stuff like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah, but when you're looking at 40-odd-year-old guys... Who'd been drinking in 1996? Yeah, build. on the road. Yeah, yeah. So you got your, your flares, your Hogan's, your fucking Pipers. They all look fucked, and they all look their age and older. Yeah. Whereas AJ Styles still looks like you know mid thirties can, can go. go. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's a completely different sort of era. I thought. So, I, do you know what? I, I mean, the main event was bad, but I thought this promo bit was woeful as well. It was two guys stroking their own egos. Yeah. Trying to get the last word in. It was, yeah, it was like that when it was like, I did this, I did this, I'm an icon. And it didn't, it didn't work for me. You know, I've, you know, Murray Piper's universally renowned as one of the greatest, you know, talkers about in each, you know what I mean? Back in the, back in his heyday. And he, I think he's, I think he tried his best, but there's just nothing coming back from Hogan. No, you can't work with him, can you? Like there's nothing coming back. There's no he doesn't give you any setups, he doesn't give you anything to work with, there's no there's no material. I just thought it was shit. And what could have been a really decent debut, because I don't know where we how how long he'd been away from WWF at this point or whatever. Um, Piper was um he'd just been in WrestleMania against Goldust. So he's you know, he's pretty fresh and he's quite you know, he's a big star that they had. So it could have been I think I don't. I, am I right in thinking they have a match at Starcade? You are right in thinking. Yeah, and I'm just thinking to myself: if Savage couldn't get out anything of Hogan, what the fuck's an, an aging Roddy Piper going to do? I'm, that could be even worse. That match, quite frankly. <laughs> I mean, we'll go over a few bits that he says. I mean, he warns the giant. He says, uh, "What do you call call him? Sprout." Yeah, like what... get back in your corner, Sprout. He says Hogan's bored. He says, "So you're bored." I'm here to break your monotony, which I thought was a good, a good line. line. Yeah. And he licks Piper's ass and Piper tells him to shut up. And it was literally them talking over each other. Yeah. He cut he cuts that unhinged Piper promo where he goes off on mad tangents and stuff. He says he's never beaten Piper, which he hasn't. Uh, he says he's an icon and a movie star as much as Hogan. I can well, argue a bigger movie star. Well, I think uh, I think in terms of films, 
Piper's done better, much better films. Like they lives a much better film than than anything fucking like. Yeah, but you know, you know when he was like never beaten me. Is that why Hogan brought him in just to get his win? Well, that's why he brought Warrior in in '98 and to get his yeah. win back and all this shit. It's... <laughs> it could be that, couldn't it? I don't know who wins. To be fair, I, I, you never. I, I mean, I'd, I'd be surprised if Piper won, but I can't I don't remember. Think he does. We'll have to wait and see. Obviously, you never know with NWA. It's probably a fuck finish, isn't it? It's going to be. But um, yeah, like I said, I think Piper tried, but it was he just working with absolutely nothing. There, you're pretty much talking to a brick wall because all he's thinking is uh, money, money, money. Uh, new movie next week, money, money. Uh, free ninjas, um, yeah. new hair, and it's, it's just, I mean, there's, there's, he's not <laughs> not thinking about furthering anything. He's just thinking about. Okay. What, do. That's it. Hogan just doesn't like Piper taking the line out of him. He just keeps trying to cut him off, doesn't he? Like, and I've been saying, we hear enough of fucking Hulk Hogan. Yeah. I mean, Piper, Piper wasn't great here, but I'd rather listen to Piper talk all fucking day than Hogan. I'd rather listen to a shit Piper promo than, you know what I mean, a good Hogan, if that's ever possible. Yeah, and this <laughs> is like seven, eight minutes long. I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to clip this and put it. I can't put this in. No, it's too long. It's just whip it on. minutes of shite. Swittering on on it. It was, it was a, it was a real damp last thirty-five or so minutes of a, a, a pretty all-round decent pay-per-view, um, which was a shame. But Hulk Hogan, I'm afraid. <laughs> I mean, they go their, they, they agreed to go their own way. Like Piper goes out, and then Hogan starts mocking the kilt, and then they go nose to nose, and Savage essentially gets no payoff for any yeah. of this shit because this is clearly the next feud. Yeah, so, so that's, no, that's Savage no... and Hogan done now. Yeah, and Savage has just been beaten to a pulp, so essentially mean, meaningless. Yeah. Even though he did get the visual pin tonight, he's been mauled for weeks. Yeah. It's just two big egos not wanting each other to get the last word, and it end, and as it ends, like the show ends as they're still going. <laughs> How long did it go on afterwards? <laughs> Fuck knows. <laughs> but other than other than Luger, what other faces are there for him to, to go against? That's it. They had to bring someone in, I guess. Because they're beating everyone else down. No one else is credible, are they? No. That's the problem. I mean, all in all, it, like you said, it was a decent pay-per-view. There was a few big moments and some good matches in there, but fucking Hogan just brings everything down yeah. to a, like a sewery level, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. He just leaves you with a bad taste in your mouth, doesn't he? That's the problem. But yeah, I mean, that brings us to the end of uh, Slim Jim's Halloween Havoc, 96. Should we go through our um, post-show awards? All right, what was your match of the night, Sunshine? I think there was a couple of good contenders. I really liked the tag titles match. Um, yeah, it was a good match. I really liked that match just for the feel of it, and uh, there were some good moments in there. I liked the Arn and Luger match as well. I thought there was a good story in there. But I think it'd be wrong of me to not give it to the opener because um, Dean Malenko and Rey Mysterio was a nice payoff to a little undercard feud that's just been bubbling away nicely. And... As the, as you expect from them too, it was a really really good match. I'm going to go with Dean and Ray too because it yep. was the best match on the show. But yep. I've got to give a shout out to to Faces of Fear versus Benoit <laughs> and Mongo because yeah, it's not it's not usually the kind of match I enjoy. I'm more of a I like a technical sort of match, a good story. It got, over with you, that just, it got massively over me. It was just fucking bobbins. It was like not bobbins <laughs> as in bad. I mean, it was just bizarre. It was just fucking. <laughs> it was off its head. It was great. It was batshit crazy, and I loved it. I'll, but I am going to give it to Dean and Ray. I think that's the yep. general consensus. Like best Fair match enough. tonight. MVP. Do you know what? 
again, it's a tough one. I think DiBiase was good. Mm. He held it together. Yeah, I thought I thought Anne Luger were good in it. It's tough, actually. I think I think just just because I I really enjoyed like their the, the spectacle of their entrance together properly in the proper gear and stuff. I think I'll give it I to think... the outsiders. Um, I'm giving it to a bit of while, so you can't you can't say I'm being favouritism there. I just thought it was nice to see him in that like quality NWO gear and stuff. No, um, I completely and I thought, agree. And it was probably my second favourite match of the night, and just the feel of it. I think I'll give it to them too. It was my third favourite match of the night, obviously because of that that faces of hit faces of fear madness. <laughs> so I had DBOC as well. I thought DBOC was good, kept it all together, balanced, serious, makes it legitimate. Yeah. But I'm gonna to have to give it to the face of fear, <laughs> just, just, just for just the madness, the that, beat down at the end, the beat down, everything, and and it made the dungeon of doom credible and made me interested in the dungeon of doom, yeah, which is I didn't think was possible. <laughs> so right. I'm gonna give it to the face of fear because I just thought they were fucking great, and that that spot, that backdrop powerbomb spot, has me popping out of my seat every time. Yeah. Dick of the day, unanimous. Hulk Hogan, without a doubt. Yep. Ruining yep. ruining it. Just ruining a good pay-per-view with his just his crap comedy and his oh, just terrible. Really, really bad. I will concur. And the less the less we the less we say about him, the better, because I, I fucking ain't talking about him now. He's driving That's me insane. It. That's it. But um, well, sadly, as we go into Barnet of the Night, I'm gonna have to say Hogan's wig. <laughs> it was awful, wasn't it? It's so bad. And so what bad. what made it worse was when it come off. He had a little little skulleted yeah, ponytail. Little, yeah, yeah. He's, he's doing his best to make it look real. Like anyone thought it was real. <laughs> it was awful. That and Luger, a big but Hogan's was just awful. Like the the, the like the spiked up like surfer look. It was just awful. Wasn't it really bad. I mean, Luger's was bad. That back, his pay per view Back to the Future hair. I don't know why he's like. Oh, I best I best get some hairspray on it for the pay per view. <laughs> <laughs> gets a blow dry hairspray and all sorts, gets his rollers in. <laughs> but you need to thank Hulk Hogan, Lex, because you've been spared tonight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that brings us to the end. Um all in all, I, I enjoyed the, the pay per view to be fair. Um Yeah, me too. I thought it was decent. Wasn't as good as Four Brawl as, no, a, as a total 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 package to quote uh, Luger. <laughs> but um it was a decent show. It was just really let was. down by a really poor main event, as we said. But, um, but yeah, um, another one in the books. Well, next time we've got the fallout, the, the, yeah. the night after the Nitro, the 28th of uh, October. So we'll see what happens, any fresh angles coming out, see what the, the aftermath is of uh, Hogan and Savage, Arn and Luger, see if Arn's back on Sally. Yeah. See what happens with... The uh, dungeon beatdown of the four horsemen. Well, the two horsemen. They'll probably get absolutely nothing to do with the pay-per-view on the show. That's what they tend to do. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> but we've got no eight out of ten. We've retired it, I'm afraid. <laughs> I think we because... did everything with that roster that we could, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we, it was it was, it was was fun to start with. But Jesus Christ, that bastard has too many people. <laughs> really does. So we didn't even finish it. We didn't even finish the men's roster, let alone the bloody. I think, I think everyone got the roster. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 enough talent in there to make a decent promotion and enough shite and enough and so much shite. <laughs> but we do have some questions. 
from friend of the pod, Chris Bellas, from the One Man One Man's Meat podcast. I can't even say it this week. From the <laughs> One Man's Meat podcast. He's uh, the first one. He's, he's asked three questions, so we'll, we'll try and get into them. First one is, given who debuts for the company post-main event, Roddy Piper, who would you guys have chosen to be the next potential saviour for WCW instead? I mean, who, who can we dig up from, like, WrestleMania 1? <laughs> Mr. T. Arndorf. It's a good question, actually, because I certainly would have put Roddy Piper. It, it, it's one of them, in it? It's like Bret Hart, you know, someone like it's that. Or, game, yeah. But then again, it's like, I wouldn't want him to work with Hogan. Anyway, um, Michael... Talked about Michael's, you know, if Michael's have been like the NWO guy, it's a, it's a tough one because there wasn't enough. Like, I think at that time there was a sort of there was the older guys and then there was the young guys coming through, wasn't there? Um, yeah. So there wasn't that sort of natural person I can think of, but maybe maybe like the only person I can think of is Brett, but I, I'm glad he didn't. Quite frankly. I think it was, was it 96? Yeah, I think it was 96 that he was talking to Bischoff, yeah. possibly, before he came back at Survivor Series, apparently. I might be wrong. But if you, if we talk about in-company, that's already there. Yeah. If he, a bit, if he was a bit more polished and a bit more, well, not, he's not, not polished because I think he's great, but if he was a bit more tenured, I'd have said switch page face because mm. he is WCW through and through. He's got the charisma to pull off being yeah. a big baby face. He's got the size. He's got the promo. He's got the moveset. He's got... I think he could have been a great top baby face. I mean, I, think, I know he gets there again, but... Yeah. I think uh, in company, you know, we've made a... We've made um, we've made no secret that we're not great fans of his work, but in terms of the most over thing on the show that is currently still a baby face, Lex Luger you know, in terms, of, I wouldn't like to see the match by any stretch of the terrible. But um, you know, Lex is probably the most over baby face on the show, other than Sting. But he's not there at the minute. We eventually, he'll we'll, come back eventually, won't he? But I think in company, probably Lex, or like you said, DDP is a good shout. But I don't think he was quite there yet, was he? At this, no. Point? If it was a couple of years later, I think I think he'd have been the guy for me anyway. But yeah, yeah, Lex, Lex is probably. Question, it is a good question. I mean, if you could get anyone at that time, you'd probably say a Bret Hart, but then you'd be putting Bret in an absolute shit show, wouldn't you? Yeah. So. And to be fair, there's no one who could be the saviour, really, because Hogan had full control, so we wouldn't that's let it. anybody be the saviour. So. That's the problem. That's why he brought... Well, I think him and, him and Piper quite pally. Did he bring him in? Are they, are they mates or what? What's what's that word they use? Frenemies, is it? Yeah. So, they'll do business, but you know they're not. They don't get on, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. So he, he he always tends to bring people in that he knows, doesn't he, to work with? Yeah. Now he asks the second question, bit off topic, but which member of the Bee Gees do you think you could have taken in a fight? Bearing in mind that Barry Gibb was the tribal chief. Now, obviously, we're not daft enough to go for old Bazza. Aslan the Lion, absolute majestic hair, majestic beard. I mean, I think having a beard makes you look a bit harder anyway. Yeah. So for me, Barry's off the table. <laughs> Mo- Morris is off the, the table. Head of the table. <laughs> well, yeah, Barry is the head of the table. Very true. <laughs> we do acknowledge him. <laughs> now, Morris to me is off the table. 
It'd have to be Robin Gibb. The reason why is because he always looked ill to me. He had a wig. <laughs> he had a wig, so he can, you know, we could do a Savage Hogan spot and make him eat that. <laughs> put put some glasses <laughs> on him as well. <laughs> yeah. And and he was married to Lulu, so you'd have to steal Lulu because even at what seventy she is now or something, she's still not bad. <laughs> Lulu, Lulu in a shark cage match. <laughs> Lulu in a shark cage match. Me versus Robin Gibb. In fact, was was it him who was married to Lulu or Mor- it was either him or Morris Gibb that was married to Lulu? Now you see, it'd be a shame to to, to fight Robin Gibb though. I mean, he's dead now, but. <laughs> The, B- the BGs are from just down the road from me in Charlton in Manchester, so I don't want to beat you know <laughs> fellow hometown boys up. Well, actually, I think they lived there for a bit. I think they were born in Australia. Don't want to do business with them. I, I, I don't. I do business, yeah. but I don't know. I, th- I think it'd be and that and that yellow album in Massachusetts, like the late sixties stuff. It's a cocking album before they went all disco. So I, I don't know. I'd, I'd say Robin Gibb. I think Robin is is the uh, the runt of the litter. I'm not, I'm not particularly familiar with the BGs or what they what they look like or anything like that. So I, I'll let you have just, that one. I'll be honest with you. Just don't, just don't go for Barry because you can tell by the way he uses his walk. He's a woman's man. No time to talk, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't want to know how deep his love is. <laughs> He's the only one staying alive, let's be honest. The other two are dead. <laughs> you got any more for us? <laughs> I'm trying to think. <laughs> was it, was I, I know they wrote Heartbreaker by Dion Warwick, which is a tune, but <laughs> yeah. Um, and his last question there's only one answer to this. What do you think about the plans to pedestrianise Norwich City Centre, Mark? Well, personally, I'm glad it's going to give me uh, better access to Dixon's. <laughs> Oh, you've got it all over the valance. It's like a dirty protest. <laughs> Just having some moose. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to think. It, they're going to think I'm, I'm making a statement about the standards of the hotel, which I think is quite good. It's not five star, but it's certainly competitive. <laughs> that is a superb question. <laughs> Any time uh, we can get some battery. That's, that's possibly my favourite question. Thank you very much, Christopher. I doff my cap to you. <laughs> now, uh, with all that merriment, we've gone a bit off topic. So, like we said, it's the fallout, aftermath, whatever you want to call it, from uh, Halloween Havoc next week. The World Cup starts on Sunday. This will be out Monday, so it'll have already started. We've all, already have watched the classic. That's going to be Qatar versus Ecuador. And England versus Iran. England versus Iran's at one o'clock on Monday, so that's pre, pre-record, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have we'll have USA versus Wales on in the background, I'm sure. <laughs> right, if you want to contact us, it's at Adjective Pod on Twitter. You know the drill. Five star review on Spotify. Thank you very much if you be so kind. We are available on Spotify, Podbean, and Amazon. At us, DM us, retweet us, tweet us, anything you like. Thanks to everyone who's downloaded. Much appreciated. But like like Mike said, there's no further business, so I will have to say that was immortal two words. Dicky Slater. See you later. The preceding podcast gimmick that was paid for by Look at the Adjective. Here, yeah, John, my uh, I've got I've got a takeaway that's just arrived. Do you mind if we do this another night? <laughs>